a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed them about 25 years ago trick the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I'm James. Uh, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to Freaks and Creeks. Uh, we got some Capeside correspondence this week, I believe. Yeah, we got a really sweet review on Apple Podcasts from user Felicity38. To to sum it up, she said, I have consumed so much DC content, and yet this podcast has been able to surprise me with different takes and opinions on things I've never heard before. As some of the big Dawson's Creek podcasts are entering later seasons, this is the podcast to listen to. That is so, so sweet. Thank you so much. What a kind review. Do you think the viewpoint that they're referring to that they don't often hear about has to do with vampire lore? (laughs) (laughs) No one's talking about it. It's true. I wonder. Yeah, when uh, when when Cody shared this in our um, our podcast Slack, it was so nice to read. So thank you so much. It was kind of like. I don't know, a little emotional. I don't know if you guys, I, it made me yeah. feel like a little weepy. It was just weird to be recognized by somebody we don't know saying such nice things about the show that, you know, I think we all love the show, obviously, but it's crazy. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wrote that. Oh, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> you stinker. The first of the Friday the 13th pranks. Oh. Ooh, good one. <laughs> wow, I love a good Friday the 13th prank. Um, I also I wanted to just throw this out there. We uh, we received an email last week from or you know for for our last episode I should say um, from Luis from Brazil. He's the one who he kind of gave us uh, that tip on um, Pacey. Sorry, Pacey <laughs> on Joshua Jackson. He's not just Pacey being from Canada. So I wanted to you know officially shout them out. Thank you for that. They also wanted us to give a shout out to all of the Joey and Pacey fans on the R. Uh, slash Dawson's Creek subreddit, so, or as we call them, the Joe Pay fans. And that's going to be <laughs> a name that sticks, I think. Um, so yeah, shout out to the Dawson's Creek subreddit. It is a place that I don't go because it is so filled with spoilers, but I do appreciate everybody's enthusiasm. Have you guys been to the Dawson's Creek subreddit? No. No. I've, I mean, once I did, and then I realized that it's not a good place to be if you don't know anything about yeah. Dawson's Creek. So ran out of there. Yeah, I appreciate the enthusiasm of everybody there. There's a lot of really good content, but man, if you haven't seen the show before, it's like, remember that time when Joey kissed somebody in this episode? And you're like, actually, no, but now I know it happened. (laughs) Seems like that's what I saw when I went in there. Every post is like, I can't believe Mitch stabbed Gail. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. Great. Yeah, so... I'd like to spend more time there, but I guess it's just going to have to wait until uh, like 10 years from now when we finally finish <laughs> recording all of our episodes. Well, sweet. This week we're talking about season one, episode 11, The Scare. It's the only way you can say that. Uh, this episode was released on the spookiest day of the entire year, which is May 5th, 1998. Um, don't know why, but I do appreciate it. Uh, the... Um, the synopsis is, while Dawson is preparing to celebrate Friday the 13th, a serial killer is rumored to be headed to Cape Side. And this episode was written by our old friend Mike White, 
longtime best friend, I think, of all of ours. Can't we wait love for him to get on the show. <laughs> we love Mike. Um, but what I was so surprised to see and um, didn't really re- re- realize it at first, but it was directed by a gentleman by the name of Rodman Flender, which. What a um, name. Yeah, it's definitely Great not a name. name made up by an alien who's visiting Earth <laughs> to try to like gather information. It's like, you, sounds you, like a Simpsons name or something. <laughs> it reminds me of Mrs. Doubtfire when Robin Williams is looking around the room at certain things yeah. to just like create a right. name. Uh, yeah. He's like, Dennis Rodman, okay. Uh, <laughs> Blender, yeah, no. no. Um, Flender, there we go. <laughs> um, but Rodman Flender, you know, besides having an amazing name, he directed several things which um, I really, really appreciate. Most importantly, Though is the movie Idle Hands with Woo! Does anybody remember Idle Hands? Love that movie. It's got no. Devin Sawa, it's got Seth Green, it's got a few other people. I think it has Jessica Alba, a very yes. young Jessica Alba. Um, in this movie, Devin Sawa becomes possessed by some kind of demon and he has to cut his hand off because it's taken over his hand. <laughs> and he puts the hand in the microwave what? to kill the demon, but it doesn't <laughs> kill the demon hand. And then the whole rest of the movie is this high school hijinks of this possessed hand plaguing the town and like killing, I think he's killing, it's killing people. I don't actually remember. It's been a long time, but I wow. watched this movie so many times as a kid. <laughs> it was a Comedy Central staple. I feel like they would play it every afternoon. Every time I would come home really? from school, it was airing. It was so good. I mean, it had so many amazing practical effects. Like Seth Green is a zombie for, I want to say like most of the film and he's in corpse makeup for all of it. And I mean, it doesn't look great now, but back then it looked fucking incredible. Yeah. And his friend is uh, Foggy from Daredevil and he has like his throat slit. Yes. I just remember it, there, there were scenes that were really disgusting of him trying to eat and it would just come out of right. the slit hole. Uh. <laughs> it was very funny. But he also, Rodman Flender, he wasn't just a horror movie guy, which I think is maybe why he got pulled in to direct this episode. They're like, hey, we want some spooky chops on this one. He also directed two episodes of The Office, the U.S. Office. Yeah. uh, Were they Halloween episodes? They were not. (laughs) The Whale and Lice, which I don't remember either one of those episodes, to be honest. I've watched the show a lot, but don't pay attention to the episode titles yeah, from what, 2012 and 13. Yeah, it seems like most of his credits are just TV nowadays yeah. and it seems like if you're a TV director you're you don't have much of a voice and it's more of like putting out the rest of the product that's already been solidified. Right. But, I mean, he has a really impressive IMDb. He does. Yeah. Leprechaun 2. He did direct the uh, Conan O'Brien documentary. Oh, that's oh. cool. Yeah. So Robin Flender, I mean, what a what a f- nice little treat. I wasn't expecting it. It really made me happy to see. And like I said, I didn't recognize it at first until we were doing research for the show. And then I was like, Robin Flender, that's such a fake name. What did they do? <laughs> and it blew my mind to find out that one of my favorite childhood movies was directed by this guy. It's been a long time since I've watched Idle Hands, but in my memory, that movie rules. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you're always asking people, like, what's a hidden gem for the horror genre? Because oh. people only talk about about 50 movies and then there's nothing else. If you haven't seen Idle Hands and you like horror comedy, you got to give it a shot. It's hilarious. It's a fun time. It's fun. We're, we're going to watch it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this episode kind of has a... A little bit of everything. I mean, it's got some incredible supernatural evidence that I believe, you know, at, <laughs> completely solidifies every theory that we've been sharing. It's got incredible cinematography. I loved the way that this episode was shot. They were trying so many different things. They really made it feel new and unique and different. We've got some new characters. We got a few new locations. Um, I was 
so pleased with this episode. What about you guys? How did you enjoy your watch? I loved it. Uh, I thought it was so fun. Um, I actually like enjoyed Dawson in this episode. Yeah, he's a little stinker. Agree. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, okay, I kind of like you. I uh, <laughs> don't think that'll last, but um, it was it was just like fun seeing him be silly. Um, but you liked that he was a little stinker? Yeah. Okay. I felt like, I mean, we can get into it more, but I just felt like it didn't seem he was like he was so obsessed with the Jen situation that he was just like having fun and being maybe who he mm-hmm. was without like before he met her. Right. Yep. And it, he just seemed like kind of like a fun silly guy to be around. The exact same note. <laughs> <laughs> In my uh, the exact same thought. It was that it was like he was less obsessed with Jen and even though he was annoying because he was doing all these annoying pranks, it was just like fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cody has some different thoughts. Oh, I guess. <laughs> well, just just on that point, I mean, I obviously loved this episode. I'm a genre person, so this was a lot of fun. But um, to say, like, he everything was targeted against Jen. Like, he was going, or at least in my from my point of view, he was going so overboard on everybody because he knew he was excluding Jen and he would he was like mm-hmm. peacocking totally. for Jen to notice that she was the only one that wasn't getting these pranks. I didn't I, get that. Yeah, I didn't get that at no, all. No, either. no, no, no. Wow. I thought I felt like we were seeing more of his personality just with his friends. Yeah. He and played he was you like, guys like a fiddle. <laughs> oh man, I, no. I completely I agree so. with Cody. I think that's that so he interesting. Knew. That's so interesting, yeah. I mean, you know, we have talked about this show and how it conveniently forgets the episodes all the yeah. time. And this episode actually demonstrates that on on two sides. It conveniently forgets Jen and and uh, Joey basically being mortal enemies because they decide to be friends again. But then it also... Um, what the fuck were we just talking about? Dawson. Dawson. Uh, we're talking about Dawson's Creek. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Where am I? How we thought he was being more like himself oh, and less right. obsessed yeah. with Jen. But so, you, yeah. Yeah. So it forgets that Joey and, and Jen hate each other, but then it also for like remembers that Pacey gave Dawson this whole, like how to neg your ex-girlfriend into loving you again, basically by excluding her. I, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like he's, that's in, in this particular episode, that's not what he, what it felt like to me. It was more like, he's like, this, this is my favorite day. So this yeah. is like, that was, I don't know. I'm right there with it because he yeah. looks like he's having fun. He's like having fun. It's not, yeah. yeah. But it's the something. thing the thing that brings me back into being like this fucking guy is when they go up to the bedroom and his master plan works oh, yeah. and yeah. You know, they, they put on that horrible little slow jam mm-hmm. and he touches her face and they almost kiss, spoiler alert. But Uh-oh. it was just like, oh, he knew this it, is what was It didn't happen. seem like his main plan though. It was kind yeah. of like an, I feel like it was kind of like an afterthought to his a two yearly, birds, one stone, if his, you will. His yearly tradition of doing this, and then no, this is good. This so we're talking about how, like, would Dawson have done what he had done if there wasn't the cliff situation, and if uh, he wasn't going to be able to like get Jen mm-hmm. as like a like the like the side extra piece right. of him doing these pranks. He had his cake and ate it too. Yes. It's like if Jen didn't exist, would he still be having a goofy fun time if he's pulling all these pranks? Probably. Mm-hmm. But right. since Jen is there, it's yeah. like, well, maybe I'll have my cake and eat it too. Uh he'll totally. be able to um, mm. do these things. Do I agree? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You're here to convince me. 
<laughs> I think he's a devious little shit. So. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I, I don't think that he necessarily planned for it to go this way, but I think he knew that he was excluding Jen mm-hmm. and that he knew that that would have some kind of impact on her and he was probably looking for that the entire time. Mm. Like, is this hurting her? Because if it's hurting her, then maybe I still got a chance. Mm. That's how I see it. Mm. I just did, I, yeah, I did not ca- catch that. There's, I mean, there's but, even a part when they're in the, I think it's in the cafeteria, we're going to get into mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. But uh, when they're in the cafeteria, he gaslights her. Yeah, when she's sure. like, well, are you going to scare me? And he's like, no, I don't think you're particularly interested in being scared or whatever. And then mm. just kind of like blows it off in a weird way that you just like know that he's like using it as ammunition to like hmm. get under her skin and exclude her. Not my read. Yeah, not my impression <laughs> yeah. either. Okay, let's, yeah, okay, let's yeah. maybe so, start and then we yeah, can kind of... Yeah. I don't think more. I want to ever start. I just want to <laughs> say, <laughs> but also I, I also just want to talk about how um, like I didn't I I don't think this is a perfect episode. I do have a lot of complaints about it, but I did love it. Like from like having fun, and there's just I it might be just a millennial thing and older, but for me, I think. I, I get a lot of nostalgia when I see a horror movie that's shot on film specifically. Yeah. And it makes me think of like when I was in sixth grade and it'd be a sleepover and I'd go rent to like a spooky movie, a, a blockbuster, we're having a slumber party and it looks like shit mm-hmm. and it's teenagers mm-hmm. getting killed. They're, it just like warms my heart, totally. baby. And oh God, do I love a good Halloween episode of a sitcom that I like, mm-hmm. even though this has nothing to do with Halloween. And for whatever reason, <laughs> this has to do with Friday the 13th. Which makes no sense. Also, we talked yeah, about when, how it being an annual event. If you right. Google how many Friday the Thirteenth there were in 1998, <laughs> there's three. So how how exhausted right. that must makes Dawson total be? sense. There isn't always a Friday the Thirteenth, uh, so it's not necessarily annual. It's just like whenever there is one. I guess. Yeah, but imagine yeah. how exhausted you must right. be to keep right. tabs on that. Yeah, when's the <laughs> next one? I gotta yeah. get planning. Okay. Well, should we get into it? Yeah, is it time? In honor of the Gregorian calendar providing our titular hero with the culturally scary day of Friday the 13th, Dawson and Joey celebrate by watching, hey, you guessed it, the Kevin Williamson scripted I Know What You Did Last Summer. Joey turns the movie off and an argument ensues between her and Dawson on the merits of the horror genre. Switching the TV to cable, a news story tells the tale of an East Coast serial killer's latest victim being discovered, further emphasizing Joey's distaste for the film genre when our reality is pretty dark as well. When Joey changes the channel and gets sucked into the drama of Jerry Maguire, (laughs) Dawson disappears. A frightened Joey looks for him, only for a masked Dawson to pop out underneath the bed (laughs) with a ghoulish fright. Um, yeah, I, okay, so I, I believe we've talked about this on air a couple times already, but, um, I have watched, I know what you did last summer relatively recently. It's a movie of, of one of uh, favorite movies of mine, one of my favorite movies. That's the one of yours, of mine. It is. That's perfect. Um, anyway, and I just happened to catch that when in the scene that they're showing from, I know what you did last summer, they're actually cutting it up and changing it around. That's not actually the mm. way it goes in the That's movie, so which, you know, probably is just to protect the plot. It's also to make it more interesting, but they cut out like probably a minute and a half of, of that scene as the character runs up to her, the department store, she's banging on the door because she's being chased by the killer and she needs to get let in. She needs to get let in. They make it look like she gets killed right there. She actually gets inside. She doesn't get killed. Her sister does. It's, Ooh. <laughs> It's just unfair that the way that they misportrayed, misrepresented this film. It's been like 15 years since I've watched that movie. i got to watch it again. I'm waiting for the 4K to come out, and then I'm going to just dive in. But my my question is, okay, so 
Yeah, like Kevin Williamson created the show. Um, Kevin Williamson did not write this episode. I mean, he's a showrunner, right. so he's you know he's in the writers' room and everything. But what are we doing? Are like I mean, there's also a scream reference later yep. mm-hmm. in his creation. Like this is, I mean, we get the posters in every episode too. Like they're going so hard on Kevin Williamson's career as like the backbone yeah. of hmm. all their interests and everything they watch. It seems so peculiar to me. I can't think of any other medium where they do yeah. something like this. Well, I feel like, I mean, those movies, I, I feel like we're so big at that time, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that was just like a big part of the culture then. They're yeah. very in the zeitgeist. And I do see a lot of crossover between I Know What You Did Last Summer and Dawson's Creek. Like, I mean, beyond just the fact that it's Kevin Williamson, but like, I Know What You Did Last Summer is about four kids who are just exiting high school, a horrible thing happens, and then they are basically being haunted by these events, which of course ends up with a killer chasing them. Those four teens feel very similar in some ways to Dawson, Joey, Jen, and Pacey. Um, and so it's also like shot in the exact same place. So I like to believe that, that um, I know what you did last summer in Dawson's Creek are actually one extended universe. And maybe those kids uh, actually were because they would have been before Dawson and the gang, but they would have known them. I know, uh, I know we talk about David Lynch a lot on this show, but it reminds me of Lynch's like expanded universe. Definitely, like, you can see, um, mm-hmm. you can see like how every like there's you know the red curtain of the Black Lodge is in almost all of his work and stuff like that. So I wonder if Williamson is really trying to push for like this <laughs> connected random universe of kids yeah. getting killed, but also falling in love. It would. Really concrete, like make my vampire theories concrete if it was all just one extended universe. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that it was shot in the same place because um, I noticed the in, when they're watching the movie, there's yeah. like a shot of the town, mm-hmm. a very uh-huh. brief, and I was like, Yeah, that seems that street. like downtown. It's totally, the, it's like Dawsonville. It is Main I mean, Street. Yeah. It's, I'm pretty sure it's the same location where in episode one they're walking to the Rialto movie mm-hmm. theater. Yes. It's shot from a different angle, um, or it's in that same episode, they show a Main Street shot of Dawson riding his bike up on Joey. And like, I swear to God, it is the exact same location. And I think it's so fun. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, okay, two random questions before we move on. How could she not notice that Dawson went under <laughs> I, the I bed? Because she was watching Jerry Maguire, yeah. her future husband, Katie yeah. Holmes. Tommy Ooh, C. Weird. Didn't think I about know. that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that was like a brief moment. She like for one, like one thing for him to just like disappear from the bed. It's like how could she not notice him getting up yeah. and then to get under the bed? I was just like, what it's the like fuck? he just rolled off or something. So, I yeah, think it's great. just an yeah. early advertisement for Tempur-Pedic mattresses because <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you can jump up and down and not spill a glass of wine and that thing. So you know <laughs> Dawson can get up and sneak under the bed with or without shoes. Uh, have you ever watched Jerry Maguire? You get yeah. sucked in. Oh yeah, takes less than a second for you to just get tunnel vision. I don't blame her. I don't know. It was weird. Like when we were first watching it, that um, that moment where we pan away and see that yeah. she's by herself on the bed. Like for a second, I was like, "Oh, is this like a dream? Like what's ha- like?" It was just like weird. It was like, "How did mm-hmm. you just disappear?" It. Look, this movie has so many references. Movie? This it's movie to me. You know this. <laughs> All cinematic. Movie, yeah. But this episode has so many film references. But that moment, you you nailed it when you said it felt like a dream. <laughs> to me, it felt like Nightmare on Elm Street when mm. we go into oh, yeah. Freddy Krueger's totally. dream world, yeah. where we suddenly fall asleep and all, everything is off kilter mm-hmm. and weird. That at, that tonal shift happens in that first scene, and then from then on, we're kind of in this like horror universe, and it feels almost like a dream state. Mm-hmm. And 
I like the idea that Joey falls asleep watching that movie <laughs> and everything we see is like her nightmare instead of reality. Yeah, okay. oh, that's hmm, good. Cool. Stella, I was asking, as someone who doesn't necessarily like horror, did yeah. you feel one with Joey in yes, this scene? I did. I felt very, very seen. Yeah. <laughs> I think me and you have had this exact same conversation <laughs> of arguing the merits of the genre itself. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm right. I felt like <laughs> no, I was watching I'm you right. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Sec- sorry. Were you going to say anything else, Mel? About- uh, no. Okay. Are you going to bring up the tickle fight? Because we no, do I that. I was, yeah, I was- oh, I was going to point out that Joy was clutching the stuffed shark oh. while they were watching. Um, and Jaws. Save me, Jaws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna just say like how much do these two wrestle like in oh. general, and <laughs> yeah. then like in this episode, yeah. it felt how like it happened. Oh, quite you're a few right, times. yeah, more than once. We've seen several scenes of them like having a little tickle fight or a wrestling match, and like that's one of the <laughs> first notes I wrote on this is who doesn't love a good wrestling match with their best friend? <laughs> and, yeah, it also just begs the question like at some point is he like getting a boner? You, know, you would think, yeah, yeah, you'd think so, and she knows it. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> In the halls of Capeside High, Pacey delivers an exposition dump revealing that Dawson's parents are out of town, as well as explaining Dawson's infatuation with Friday the 13th and that he uses it as an excuse to get extra spooky and pull frightening shenanigans all day and all night. However, Dawson says he's no longer trying to make his life like a movie due to his failed romance with Jen. As Pacey proclaims his distrust and disappointment, a pop goes the weasel-like contraption explodes out of Pacey's locker, giving him a shock as Dawson laughs. I, in my notes, I wrote that I felt impressed, question mark, <laughs> by Dawson. At Dawson? Yeah, yeah, like, I was just like, yeah. I, I was playing like, it cool, and then, yeah, yeah. he was like, so, like, he, yeah, played it so cool, and it was, like, kind of cute when he, when he got Pacey, like, the expression on his yeah. face, like, <laughs> he was so proud of himself. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, yeah, it was like, I really loved Dawson in that moment. I understand, because, <laughs> here's the thing, it's, it's. Uh, being confident at anything yeah. is an attractive trait, and Dawson sure is good at his little shenanigans, and and that makes sense to me. And he's having fun; he knows he's good at it. But it's the ultimate goal. That's the yeah. sour taste that gets placed into my baby mouth. Yeah, because it, saying the ultimate goal is to get Jen. Yeah. Okay, I don't agree, but okay. See, here's what I think. Let's pretend that Jen and Dawson didn't break up and that Jen isn't being asked out on a date by Cliff this episode. If they were dating, what would Dawson be doing? Scaring the shit out of, of Jen. Mm-hmm. So why isn't he scaring Jen right now? I don't because know. Because well, do you well, think he would be scaring the shit out of Jen? Oh, if they were dating, would, yeah. Yeah, he'd yeah. at least be including them in this. He would he, put the little mm, finger in yeah. her fries or some shit. But the la- carry bloody bucket on her. Yeah. The last episode, right, it was the carnival the double date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. where they had the conversation where she they say they like shouldn't be friends essentially. Mm-hmm. So I I took that as like, okay, he's like, going to back off. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but he's not just backing off. That's the crux of it is I don't think he's just backing off, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, it's it's such like a little shit. Like, again, we've talked about this so many times about, you know, the things that you see yourself in is the thing that makes you cringe the most. Right. And I I see myself as Dawson. Maybe that's why I'm reading it this way. But I see myself as like, oh, so she doesn't like me? Well, then I'm just not going to care about her and see how she feels about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this kind of idea of like making some, like forcing someone to like not be a part of you, like excluding them on purpose, like kind of plays into the last conversation of this episode too, about like, would you even care if I died with Joey right. and Dawson? <laughs> it's like, it's such a fucked yeah. up weird, 
way to think, but it also makes me like like oh, this is how right. fifteen year olds think. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like like do do people even care if I exist? And by Dawson excluding Jen, it's like she does not exist. I just feel like maybe a couple like last two episodes he tried that and it didn't happen the way you wanted it, and so now he's just know. now it's like he's done with that and moving on. That's how I we'll see. I mean, it, but maybe not. I agree because he does. I. I think that is ultimately what we are supposed to be debating in mm-hmm. after this episode is Dawson being truthful because he says that here, you know, as he's talking to Pacey, he says, I wrote this down. The characters are flawed and uninspired. The love scenes were amateur- amateurish to say the least, mm-hmm. and the ending wasn't happy. So he's talking about his relationship with Jen there, and he's saying, I'm done living in a fantasy land, which is funny because he used to say, movies are real life. It can be your life. So mm-hmm. we're seeing a character shift here, but is it authentic or is it just to get everybody off balance so that these scares can happen and so that he can manipulate Jen a little bit. That's what I think. He's the fucking puppet master. (laughs) I mean, just the fact that he tells Pacey, I'm done, no way, Jose, I'm through Mm -hmm. with tricks, and then immediately following that is a trick, and then he's filled with pleasure to the point of going, (laughs) 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 he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I also want to know, what is he going to dress as for Friday the 13th, (laughs) as all children do? Yes. Yeah, they say that this is his favorite night of all of the year. That's what Pacey says. And to your point, there were three that year. So how does he rank them? Which one of the three was his true favorite? And is it just the fact that, like, if you're going to celebrate, is it just because it's based on the Friday the 13th movie series? Yeah. Which isn't like if he's like a film bro, those movies aren't good. Like they're just mm-hmm. fun. It's stupid fun, but it's In not like you would celebrate it. He had, you know, I, I think it is just his film flex. Yeah. You know, trying to flex it, but I mean his favorite filmmaker is Steven Spielberg, so maybe he does think they're genuinely good movies. Jason know. goes to hell? No thank love you. Love it. I love the walk by white transition to the next scene at the end of this. Did anyone notice that? Like a Star Wars? A student like, walks it walks by, and that's whoa. the transition to the next scene. It's a wipe. Oh my god! Yeah, you, I you have never... to. Okay, everyone, whoa. go rewatch this transition from holy shit scene two to scene three. It's really cool. Have they ever done a wipe? No, transition? it's really cool. That's yeah. cool. Huh. Well, I say no. It's I feel like I've noticed that. Yeah. It's a walk by, so it's like someone walking. It's not the wipe like in right. start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, yeah, they're tracking cool. the yeah, character's yeah, yeah, movement. Yeah. To, yeah. That is so cool. cool. That's fine. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> and that's how have... Jen enters into the next scene. Yeah, yeah. This this episode is so stylish. Yeah, so steezy. That's a thing. Oh, real quick, did you like Dawson's um, green like flannel that he had? Like the jacket thing. Yeah, I thought it was. It was kind of like a light plaid. Yeah. Like a, yeah, it was it like was a foresty green. Fall, and it had like yeah, nice and folly. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it looked cozy. pretty good. He yeah. likes. He has good. They. Yeah. He's got a good like jacket collection. I feel like you know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He's always wearing a good jacket. Jen is followed by Cliff into an empty classroom, who asks her on a date that night. Jen says she's just not dating right now, but Cliff says this is due to Dawson not being a fun person. Jen stands up for him, saying he's super fun and imaginative. <laughs> but Cliff strikes back, asking why she dumped him then. As Joey, along with the rest of the class, settles in, Jen changes gears and agrees to go out with Cliff. At this moment, Joey pulls out a fake rubber snake from her backpack, ah, throwing it in fear. <laughs> Another one of Dawson's devious tricks. How does he have time to like do all these things? Like, when did <laughs> no. he do this? He's so sneaky. 
full sneaker. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember, how was the snake conveyed? Was it just wrapped, like rolled up was, inside her bag? Yeah. I think it was like when she pulled her book out, it was kind of on there and then she throws like, it at Jen. On top of the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how doesn't Joey know when she grabs her book and there's this ropey thing on top mm. of it? Wouldn't she have been like, what's that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I, you know, you if you don't know what to expect, then it's like kind of startling. To, she's, I think she kind of reacted in the, okay. an accurate way. I don't know. I have a side story, uh, This which does, doesn't have anything to do with Dawson's Creek, but I think the <laughs> listeners will enjoy, as mm. all of you. It was freshman year of high school. <laughs> I was 15 years old, and I was taking a guitar one class. It was beginners. And... It was a big music room, and it was a very diverse cast of kids in this class. And one of them, I will not say their name, uh, I'll just call them Carl. Uh, Carl was, uh, uh, I would say, a stoner to the point of being brain dead, one of those kind of kids. And uh, me and another student were walking to the back room where there was a soundproof room so we could play guitar a little louder. And we're walking by Carl, and Carl is reaching his hand into his backpack, and I, I just hear, oh, and I look back, and Carl pulls his hand out, and there's a full drill bit that is going through his hand, uh, through his palm, and into the back. And I can see the pokey going through wow. his skin. And he just goes, oh. And he's shaking his hand while the drill is in there. And everyone is standing there just staring like you couldn't, you can't yeah. believe it. It's like this, a real horror movie. It's almost like one of Dawson's <laughs> silly little pranks. Uh, but it was mind blowing, and it's just like who doesn't think about like when you're putting your hand into an yeah. empty bag, like especially if you might know what might be in there. Later, we found out he had brought this like tiny drill to school because uh, Carl had a ceramics class, and he was <laughs> planning <laughs> he was planning on making a weed pipe as a stoner does, and he was going to use that to make oh the little uh, hole that you Car- plug yeah, with your carb, index finger. Yes, the carb, yeah. Um, that remind me of Joey uh, <laughs> putting her into the bag, and instead of a snake, it's a big fat drill. Uh, I hope Carl's hand is okay. Who knows? Wow. Um, I want to talk about what Jen's wearing yes. for a little bit here. Uh, so she walks in. She is wearing a red long sleeve tur- turtleneck sweater, um, and I think for her in this beginning of this episode, this represents possibly love, passion, or even anger. Um, also, the turtleneck and the long sleeves are very constrictive, mm-hmm. and so it could represent how she's feeling guarded now. And I point this out because later, what she's wearing for the next half of the episode, um, I think, kind of connects. And I'll talk about that later. But one, I agree. I yeah, I felt like the turtleneck, and it it, it almost looks like she's mm-hmm. like being squeezed in and, it, and it made me feel like it. I. Agreed. It's like symbolizing, in my opinion, passion or romance, and then it's like restrictive yeah, or she constrictive. Does kind of pulls her arms to to her when she gets scared the first yeah. time in the locker at her locker, and yeah, very interesting. Cool. Uh, this conversation between Cliff and Jen felt uncomfy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just like very she's uncomfy. not interested. Yeah, and he's like, like Cliff. This whole episode is yeah, gross as hell. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very, yeah, this is where he takes a turn because he's just like, hey, I'm on a time crunch. Do you want to go out with me tonight? <laughs> I have no idea what we're going to do, but I'm going to fucking love it. Also, did it feel like to any of you that that the last episode like didn't happen or that this was filmed before the carnival episode? It yeah. had to be because oh, yeah. there's a few Definitely. parts of this in this episode where like Cliff references that this is their first date. Yeah. 
Oh, we didn't know yeah. that. Th- this is why, okay, this is earlier I said, did I love this episode? I certainly did. Is it a five yeah. out of five? Absolutely not. Because like we've complained about every episode so far is this show keeps forgetting what the fuck yes. happened the episode before. Mm-hmm. And this one, it just like in the sequencing of these episodes has driven me mad. Mm-hmm. I don't even feel like I'm on earth anymore because of this episode. My brain is depleted of all brain cells because not only does Jen this date thing with Cliff and like that's like weird why did we have this conversation happen right. now after mm-hmm. the carnival but also later with uh, the Joey Joey and Pacey talk about their relationship Pacey gives Joey more shit about like you know like well you've been lusting after Dawson who doesn't even know you like him what do you mean we've yeah. spent the yeah. last four episodes where Joey is very explicitly uh, talking about her relationship mm-hmm. with us. So also, the, oh, they just kissed. They just had a kiss, so there, yes. like, there would be awkwardness between Pacey and Joey. Yep. It, it does not make sense. <laughs> so the only way that I can actually forgive this episode for those things is if they were like, listen, we're going to have a character Bible Every episode is going to be exactly the same. We're going to have the exact same issue over and over again because we don't know if the show's going to get picked up like mm-hmm. for, you know, 6 to 12 to 13 episodes and we're just going to drop them all at a random time. That's the only yeah. way that it can make sense. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have been saying this for a while and I th- I think that this episode really sealed it for me, but I just keep going back to what we know about season one. They filmed the pilot, it gets picked up, and then they film the whole rest of the season before the pilot ever airs. And I guarantee you, they just had no fucking... They did not sequence it. They just Mm -hmm. shot all of these episodes that they were like, we'll weave this into some kind of coherent season. And it is not coherent. But Mm -hmm. I think in some moments it almost is, but then we get these immersion-breaking episodes like this one where it's like, how don't you guys remember that you had this same conversation last yeah. week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's also so frustrating too because I I um I like a good complicated character yeah. where uh, you know they they have you know deep flaws that they're trying to get over. But Jen drives me absolutely nuts because of this like yeah. happening over and over again where she you know she's not a girl, not yet a woman, and she's trying to break away from her past and be independent, but we have the exact same conversation every yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. If it's not with Dawson, it's going to be with Cliff. Uh, it, you know, is she trying to build her confidence and not date anyone? Yeah. But then in a situation like this, where the scene is like not yeah. even 30 seconds, she goes from, I don't really want to date to, yeah, Cliff sounds great. Yeah. I, I, um, I also feel this frustration about Jen. Like, I feel like we've heard this narrative, like her say, like, I need to figure out who I am. I need to be be by myself. And then then she like is like, never mind, just kidding. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. I hope we do get to see her be single at some point. I hope so. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's never going to happen. We'll see. I would love it though. I was just going to say that, you know, we're talking about things that, that continue to drive us up a wall. This is one thing that really drives me up a wall. It's that, all the women in the show cannot help but talk about Dawson when he's not around. It's the only thing they're capable of doing. I captured this audio clip of, of Jen talking to Cliff about how fun Dawson is. I'm kind of down on the whole dating thing after what happened last time. So. Was the guy you dated wasn't any fun. Oh, what are you talking about? Dawson's fun. He is. He's probably the most the most original and imaginative date on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Why would you say that to someone that's asking you out that you have gone on a date with? It's already. so yeah. weird. It makes no sense. It is so confusing, and it is just. You're right, Cody. It's just male fantasy. This is what 
the I guess the writers want out of the women in their lives is just like constantly thinking about me. Also, just back to that the snake moment, Joey, when she pulls it out, she throws it at Jen. She doesn't throw it like anywhere else. Right. She, so I feel like it represents Joey as a possible threat to Jen because Ooh. Joey's closer to Dawson. Or is she she's tempting, getting scared by, you know, she's, or. Is it she, representing temptation like Adam and oh. Eve and the serpent in the garden? <laughs> and don't forget the phallic symbol of the snake. <laughs> right. Um. Did you happen to capture Cliff saying, I have humor? Oh, yeah, yes. you know I did. <laughs> this is, yeah, I, I love it. Let's take a listen. Yeah, you got to admit, though, the guy does have a sense of humor. Wait, I have humor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> no, I, I know. I know. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, I have humor. Okay, look, I am really funny. We've got some good lines. You just have to spend some time with me, but like my jokes are really good. I make my dad laugh, like sometimes, and he's really hard to make laugh, so I'm funny. God. <laughs> Classic Cliff mood. Uh, uh, move, mood, move. Mood. Um, Cliff mood. My my favorite new uh, comedy trope is hot guy be silly sometimes, mm-hmm. which is I, I think we've watched. Uh, oh my god, I can't believe I'm spacing his name, but Twenty One Jump Street and Channing Tatum. Yes, Channing mm. Tatum. Yeah. After Twenty One Jump Street and also um, City. the Lost City. Yeah, which isn't a perfect movie, but I just love a hot guy who's stupid. It's so funny, yeah. and he kills Hilarious. it at that. I love seeing Cliff being a moron yeah. and hitting that lady on the way out. Funny stuff. I wish that this is the character they gave Cliff from the beginning because you know he was like a nice guy in the beginning and now he's like a lovable goof, I think. Mm-hmm. But also a little bit predatory. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> As the crew eats their ketchup-drenched lunch in the cafeteria, Pacey fills us in on the modus operandi of the East Coast killer, stating he heard from Deputy Dougie that he strikes in a 100-mile radius, leaving Capeside vulnerable. As Dawson joins after jump-scaring Joey, he slips a fake amputated finger into (laughs) Pacey's fries while inviting the gang over that night for a seance. Jen admits to not being able to come that night due to her date, which Dawson says doesn't bother him. After a beat, she asks why he hasn't pulled any pranks on her. He says he didn't think she was into spooks, although it's transparent. He's purposely excluding her. Like Hitchcock's bomb-under-the-table metaphor for creating suspense come to life, Pacey finally takes a bite of that rubber finger. Mm. After after the screams die down, Pacey puts the finger in Joey's fries, to which he eventually throws back at Pacey. Wait, I thought he throws it at Joey. Ah, Joey, sorry. Whatever. (laughs) Who gets the finger? Um, I captured this. I want us all to listen to it. Mm -hmm. What about No More Life imitating movies, Dawson? Let's just say that old habits die hard. And old friends die even harder. Is that your inspiration, (laughs) Cody? For for your goblin character earlier today? Oh, is that what that is? (laughs) I thought it was a goblin. Um, I loved this. I thought it was so fun. Mm -hmm. I loved seeing them just all be fun, silly friends. Yeah, I love the opening where Pacey's squeezing a load of ketchup onto the fries, the blood. Disgusting, uh-huh. yeah. I loved it. I had friends <laughs> like this, though, that drowned their fries hey. in ketchup, like would eat just soaking wet fries, and it always has disgusted me. I don't like a wet fry. Mm-mm. That's disgusting. No. 
And I mean, if any character in Dawson's Creek, and you're like making me to guess which one is drowning their yeah. fries in ketchup, obviously Pacey. <laughs> definitely. Oh, I bet he has ketchup fingers. Like he did not wash his hands mm. after the cafeteria. No. He's definitely also the kind of guy who is going to just be squirting mustard for like three <laughs> hours on his hamburger. You know, just like yeah. not enough. Need it to just be gushing out whenever I take a bite. Uh, but I, I just like the element of this because it was like blood. Oh, yeah. It was, you oh, know, yeah. yeah. But you just know, like, la- there's someone that has a class of Pacey, and it's the last period every day, and they're just like, God, he smells so bad. <laughs> Ketchup-y, sweaty after P.E., after basketball. Ooh, Ketchup sweats. Nasty. <laughs> Did anybody, I mean, we, this is intentional, but uh, what do you guys feel about this? Let's talk about it after. I, does, does that bother you? Should it? I don't know. I- no, it doesn't bother me. Does it bother you that it doesn't bother me? Should it? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it, it doesn't bother me. Well, glad nobody's bothered. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That's perfect comedy. How could you not think Dawson doesn't know what he's doing after that? I, I don't know. I, no, it doesn't I, bother me. Why would it bother me? I, it, I feel I, like there would have been an edge to how he said it. Like, I don't know. I, I just there felt was like, an edge to uh, how he said it. I, that's so funny because I did not feel, so feel that funny. way. Yeah, my with this interaction, it felt like they are both playing kind of coy, you know? Oh, yeah. And they're just like both trying to be cool and yeah. like we're over it, like we're moving on, but like maybe we still like each other. It didn't but feel... But that's it. Like yeah, not... Yeah. yeah. It felt like flirting... To me, which gets back to what Cody and I are saying, he is doing this for a reason. It's not just innocent. <laughs> this man is leading a sinful life. Uh, not to switch gears, but uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, yeah. uh, after he uh, murdered and tortured a bunch of people, when he was finally caught, they talk about how when he'd be in a courtroom, he mm. would have fans. Like people were like obsessed with him, and they would come to the courtroom, and like it was like women that thought he was sexy, uh, mm. even though he's uh, one of the worst of the worst. And. This is my problem with Jen because after it's described mm-hmm. that this killer is leaving letters and phone call, like phone calls and he rips people's hearts right. out, Jen's reaction is it's sad. He's just looking for love. That's because she's thinking about Dawson. Mm. She's missing Dawson. That's yep. where her mind is right now. She's missing the idea of a romantic relationship and so in her mind it's it's sick. killer. It's disgusting. But that's like where her mind go- went first. I know symbolically ripping the heart out. I mean, that's what we're <laughs> yeah. supposed yeah. to believe. But it's still just like that's her first reaction. Right. Yeah. It was wild. I thought that was wild. She's a Richard Ramirez girl. <laughs> um. Also, so Joey says you're going to send me to the rubber room. Uh. Yeah. It's like a it's crazy. crazy. I'm crazy. Like a, that's what, yeah. okay. That's what I thought. But I was like, what? like you're do driving people, me crazy. Do people call it that? I think it's just the show trying to be like a noir movie. Yeah. You know, they love their lingo. Okay. We also uh, learned once again that Pacey's brother is a cop. Yep. <laughs> because he says, my brother is in the note because he's a cop. <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting us know. <laughs> again. I liked that um, this story that Pacey tells here is the exact same story Dawson tells later around the seance table. Yeah. Oh, but he yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, dials it up just a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, look, I have some, I haven't, a theory I'd like to enter Please. into the court of uh, Freaks and Creeks. Let's take a listen to this, and I will expand on it. But just take a listen. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, Dawson. Thanks for giving me a break. Okay, so that's after, 
you know, Pacey is eating the rubber finger. What I really want us to pay attention to is Dawson's laugh in the in the very beginning here. I'm going to play it one more time, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Dawson. Okay. <laughs> All right. What do you what do you, okay. first? I'm just going to what do you guys think about that? Witchy. Witchy. Yeah, witchy. witchy. Okay, interesting. <laughs> it's like a cackle. Yeah. yeah. I see that, but I think I am picking something else up. Ooh. I'm going to play it one more time. Okay. Close your eyes. Thanks, Dustin. Are you going to say it sounds like the Star Wars theme? Yes, he's a half man, half Star Wars. No, he's a donkey man. What? Yeah. That is his true donkey nature coming out. He is half man, half donkey. He is not Dawson, okay? He's Donkson. God, wait, is that like a thing in Pinocchio? Yeah, yeah, yes. they all become little donkeys. Yeah, Ooh, all those bad I boys. Don't like that. Creepy. Mm-hmm. You have a specific thing about people turning into animals that you do not like. Correct. Okay. Which is funny because you love animals. Yeah, don't like it. No, thank you. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> do you guys remember in the early days of the pandemic and the quarantine and how fun all that was Miss and it. all the great. Things that came out of it in social media, like everybody posting fun, like uh, Instagram stories of like using a new filter. Mm. Do you guys remember the filter that turned you into an animal? Oh yes, yeah. I guarantee you, if you do it on Dawson, he's going to turn into either a horse or a donkey. Oh my god! So look at our Instagram and find it because that is uh, <laughs> okay. it's going to be there. And um, <laughs> oh, did I? Uh, uh, I, I sent you that. I did that Instagram filter of uh, Pacey with the snail. Did I send that to you guys yet? No, you didn't. You but did. I, you, you got to send that. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listeners that have been listening to every episode, you know what you know what we're talking about. That sexy snail child. Uh, I love that. So that's my theory. Dawson's a donkey man. Can't find a donkey man. He has this laugh multiple times through the episode. Okay, so it's not just this one time. He routinely, as he is doing his little hijinks, has his donkey laugh. So I don't know. Mm. Just food for thought. Pay attention. Hey. If you see him eating grass, you know why. (laughs) After Mr. Gold wraps up his Friday the 13th film class discussion on John Carpenter and Alfred Hitchcock, Cliff asks Dawson for some bizarrely inappropriate Jen dating advice. Cliff references Jen's descriptors of Dawson, imaginative, original. Dawson, his wheels turn, and he says he'll think about it. So, again, with people celebrating Friday the 13th like it's a, just a regular thing that the film class is dedicating. Mm-hmm. A- yep, Mr. Gold is <laughs> just like mm-hmm. Dawson celebrates Friday the 13th. Yeah, I, thought is, that was I feel fun. like it was like Kevin Williamson like speaking through Mr. Gold. Do you think <laughs> this is a Massachusetts thing? Mm. Like, you know, Salem Salem, is, you know, big in Massachusetts for a very good reason. Is it just like a part of like the spooky nature? Like they love Friday the 13th there? Or did Dawson talk Mr. Gold into doing this for a class or give him the idea? He would, right? He's insufferable. Of course he would do this. (laughs) Also, also, um, I love that like Dawson's just like a part of the class now. Like, you know how originally he was supposed to just like not participate. He's just like there and like sitting Mm -hmm. with everyone and like, yeah. Teacher's pet. Uh, 
also just want to note, so, like I at least I thought this was symbolical, but he's talking about Hitchcock and John Carpenter, and they're talking about light and dark, right. and how characters are framed. And I feel like, at least for me and James, this episode, believing there's light in Dawson, but also darkness in mm-hmm. Dawson, mm-hmm. which is overtaking one. And if it's not this episode, it's the previous episodes where Dawson can be a little shit, but also yeah. he has a heart of gold, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was very important. But I also thought it was a fun little wink to the audience for Mr. Gold saying, well, that's just for today. Next time we'll go back to David Lean, which Completely. is like, oh, we're going to go back to like the regular right. format of Dawson's Creek yeah. right. in the next episode. That's why, that's why I felt like it was like, Kevin Williamson speaking through Mr. Gold. Totally. Like, this is, yeah. Um, it's funny because David Lean yeah. didn't have, I mean, like, I've seen three of his movies. Brief Encounter is the only one that's like very romantic because that's like a before sunset, sunrise kind of thing of like two people meeting for the first time and falling for each other. But like his other big movies are like Bridge on the River Kwai and mm. Lawrence of Arabia, which aren't mm. very, they're mm. big movies, mm. but right. they're not like, uh, like a high school melodrama. So right. I thought, mm. weird choice. Yeah. Huh. Strange. Did you get uh, Cliff saying, think, we like think, think is good. No. <laughs> I hated no. that. Yeah, I yeah, wanted to just ignore cringe, this scene. Cringy. Yeah. I tried yeah. to pretend it wasn't happening because it was weird. just very strange. Very yeah. odd. Would you ever, ever go out of your way to ask someone's ex-partner advice on how to date their ex-partner? Yeah. It seems Bizarre. so weird. I mean, if I had CTE from playing football, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> because this dude, this motherfucker, like what he know he how many interactions have they had around Dawson and Jen? Right? Yeah. At the dance. That was a big one. That was a memorable one. Let's not forget that one. Okay, cool. Um then there was the whole I'm gonna invite you to a party. Oh, that's your girlfriend. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. come too. That's chill. Um then there's the fucking fair where you're on a date, but he's also there for some reason. So <laughs> what part of this is like that's the dude I'm going to ask for advice. <laughs> yeah, it's absurd, yeah. yeah. Well put. Again, this show forgetting what it is, but also good evidence that he has played one too many yeah. football games. <laughs> yeah. Hey, your name's Dawson, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> Back in the hallway, Jen opens her locker, finding a note that reads, you are going to die tonight. Just then, Cliff scares her ah, by turning the corner and putting his hand on her shoulder. She <laughs> tells him she thinks Dawson put the note in her locker and Cliff tells her that he'll protect her and that their date that night is going to be a surprise. So, so later, of course, we find out that this is Cliff doing all these things. Yeah. So yes. how much time he had exactly. that, how much time did he have between like Dawson telling Dawson that he wants an idea to then thinking of this and, and then putting this letter yeah. in the locker? I thought it was silly. Horrible editing. You should yeah, have put a filler editing. scene something. Something to pad that out a little bit. Didn't make any sense. Make, yeah. Make did sense. anyone anyone right away think it was Cliff? No. No. I did think it was Dawson, but I didn't really have any thoughts on who I thought it was. I just wasn't suspecting Cliff at mm-hmm. that point in time. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't think it was Dawson, to be mm-hmm. fair. I knew it wasn't the killer though, because I was like, why would the killer be in yeah. high school? But I loved the uh, distorted camera movement when yeah. it kind of zoomed out on Jen reading the letter. Yeah, it was, that was awesome. Cool. Great yeah. horror movie show. Yeah. 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 Love that. Later that day, Jen's alone at her house when she gets an anonymous caller. We enter an homage to Kevin Williamson's Project Scream, in which they first playfully banter about scary movies before the caller lets it be known that they're watching Jen with vague threats to her safety as, she f- as the fear 
gets the best of her. She races around the house, believing her comatose grandfather is in trouble. (laughs) She believes it's all over when the door handle begins to shake, only to be a fake-out for Grams to waltz into the house. When Jen questions the caller's identity, they reply, Soon, Jennifer. Soon. (laughs) Oh, baby. This is a great uh, little sequence of shots. On my rewatch, it's so clear that this is Cliff on the phone. Oh, yeah. Like, Oh, Sounds once you like know, him. yeah. I, the first time we watched it, I knew right away. You I did. could tell it was his voice. Yeah. And it just, like to me, it felt very clear. Like, we see him asking Dawson for advice. We know that Jen felt says she felt left out. Yeah. And that, like, this mm-hmm. is, to me, it was clear that, like, Dawson had told Cliff, oh, you should mess with her. Mm-hmm. It felt like this scene was was um, kind of like the 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 network was like, all right, we want you to do Scream, um, but it needs to be daytime TV friendly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. can we shoot it at the in the in the daylight? Is that okay? <laughs> I did think it was effective the opening of the scene where we're looking from a distance at the house, oh, yeah. and you know it's like someone's watching the house, and mm-hmm. then you hear the phone ring, but you're not in the house yet. Like that was really cool. Yeah, they did a really good job with the sequence. It was like a sense of dread. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It was plotted. I mean, it was like, it was uh, blocked out so well. It Mm -hmm. was very tense. And I really, really enjoyed it. Like, this was maybe my favorite sequence in the the whole episode. Stella, were you spooked? I was a little spooked, but it was... It was okay for me. This was an okay spook. That's good. I had fun. Good. I had good. fun. Yeah. Uh, love that the cinematography changed from its usual, you know, keeping the camera still or doing like yeah. very easy like mm-hmm. dolly tracking shots, and they instead changed it to doing handheld for following her through the house. Yeah. yeah. Looked really rich. Um, loved the shot of her walking back and forth in the kitchen because you never like I was expecting there to be a face in the yeah. window mm-hmm. when she kept going by it or someone standing in that little like the the mud room in the right. background. You know, it was so good. And you know, going to the Gramps room mm-hmm. with the window open and the wind so good (laughs) so i caught a couple uh clips here that i want to play yet again jen just can't help but talk about dawson because i mean at at the same time she does think that this is dawson on the phone call but i just really liked cliff saying this this guy dawson sounds like a real loser (laughs) (laughs) yeah well he's not all right just a little out there but in a good way How's your grandfather? Uh-oh. <laughs> Check your grandfather. <laughs> How doesn't she know that that's Cliff? Because it's like so so, so clearly Cliff. Also, just the fact that we later find out, like we, we find out it's Cliff and that he was inspired by right. Dawson saying that, oh, she likes to get scared, mm-hmm. uh, going a little hard, like pushing yeah. the envelope oh, yeah. a little bit, threatening her grandfather who might die at any second is yeah. like, that seems like a pretty sinister thing to do yeah, yeah. that yeah. was my note as well it was like at some point like you know she's like kind of like laughing along for a little bit and then you could tell she's like really freaked out mm-hmm. and you yeah. would think he would stop by like the the way that she's like responding she yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think gramps um i think his room is haunted from all the vampires that he's been killing because like there's a lot of spooky shit happening in this room now, also he's supposed to be in a coma right or not because he is moving <laughs> It was confusing He's, to me. Yeah, he did smack the shit out of her head. <laughs> yeah, and also his head moved. Get out of my room. <laughs> his head moved. <laughs> He's turning into a zombie. Um, before Jen enters Gramps' bedroom, James, did you take note of any of the items in the hallway? I know previous episodes you my were... numerology. Yeah, you were taking inventory. I just had, I I noticed had the thought a number, that I wanted to... But no, I didn't. Okay. What did you catch? So, Gramps has an entire wall of like decorative dinner plates. Like 15 or 20 of them just mm. lined up on a wall. That's my girl. I yeah. love a decorative plate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Commemorative. Mm, yeah. 
five years of a dam. <laughs> put that on a plate. If, if King Giz came out with a plate, <laughs> would you buy it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, I hope they do. Um, they should. I need. They have to be listening by now. They better be. We've mentioned them every episode. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> you got to come out with a plate. Or a cereal bowl. I'll take a cereal bowl. Those were cool too. Yeah. I remember I had a Jurassic Park cereal bowl as a child, and it came with the the spoon that was shaped oh. like a Velociraptor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you have that too? I remember those little spoons for like other mm-hmm. things. I feel like I had like maybe a princess one or something. Speaking of princesses, um, as <laughs> as Jen is walking, well, first and for, foremost, you know she gets smacked in the back of the head by her grandfather. She almost cuts his throat with a butcher knife that she's just walking around with, <laughs> just like I'll kill you, Gramps. And then she is, you know, she gets scared by the front door. She goes running down the hall, and what happens? She nearly kills her grandmother, who says... Ah! Jennifer! It's only me. Jennifer! <laughs> man, Grams, this oh, man. episode has some incredible name pronunciation. <laughs> Do you think she's also turning into a donkey? Because that was kind of the same trajectory of those vocal notes going... Bah, 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 something in the water in Cape Side. It's making everybody a donkey. <laughs> and it's fluoride. <laughs> it's also made the frogs gay. <laughs> Oh, man. Alex Jones, he's doing okay, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like Jen definitely redeemed herself with that scream. Yeah. It's a good mm-hmm. scream. Best one so yep. far. I like the Dutch angle in that. So good. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so good. Well, I guess it's that time, isn't it? Looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> a little spooky over here. <laughs> Some ghosts are fucking with us. Bye-bye. Hello there. Jumping in on the commercial break to remind you to find us online. We're on social media at Freaks and Creeks Pod, where we post all sorts of great content. So come and join the conversation. We'd love to have you. We also have a website, freaksandcreeks.com. It has a really sleek web player, which means you can listen from anywhere or share episodes directly with your friends and family. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. At Dawson's, Joey catches him decorating his porch with spooky pranks. When he keeps her from seeing what's behind the couch, she tells him she's on to his shenanigans. Pacey arrives in his family's car to pick them up, to which he embarrassingly celebrates with a few <laughs> aw yeahs, and they head to the store for seance snacks. <laughs> oh, man. This is oh. the most embarrassing thing Pacey's ever done. Should and this yep. is Pacey. I loved it. I'm playing it right now. We got to hear this. <laughs> Riding with him, he's a menace on the road. Ah, you ain't hallucinating. Pacey's got the Jeep. Can I hear you say, yeah? Can I hear you say, oh, yeah? I am so against this. Me too, Joe. <laughs> oh, man. I love his, um, his like chimpanzee yelp that he does in the mm-hmm. very beginning there. He like slaps the roof of the car and then lets out this little. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Feels very Pacey. You Can know? anyone get to that range? <laughs> No, I oh, wow. all right, Matt. Um, did you Pacey oh. in the house? Did you catch Dawson talking about Pacey coming up? Did you hear get catch his line? No. Here's Pacey. Oh, I did. I I remembered Ooh. that. Yeah, shining reference. Shining reference. That's cool. <laughs> coming up in his woody wagon. Yeah, that's funny. I actually yeah. didn't really think about yeah, that. Yeah. I I noted it and I was it's like, it's very oh, quick, why? but it's definitely like here's Pacey. 
So <laughs> this let's let's talk through the horror movie references because we have obviously I know what you did last summer in Scream. We have Halloween because they're talking about that. They all, mm-hmm. We have Friday the Thirteenth and we have Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, there's an Elm Street reference, and we also have Shining. That's mm-hmm. fun. I didn't know that one. What other is is there anything else that we're missing so far? Well, oh. Oh, I, just wait until dark seems like the obvious one with them being in the house. Right. There's a, um, well, I guess the Lifetime movie, Hider in the House with Gary Busey. That kind of goes along with that too. <laughs> uh, trying to, oh, Are you s- afraid of the dark? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I felt it when they were show. around the seance. I know. Can, can, did you spot any other ones? I, I think those are the core ones. I think those, are, I mean, there's probably more, you know, I'm sure there are some subtle ones and stuff like that. I have some thoughts on on some characters that we're about to meet, mm-hmm. but I can't think of any other direct ref like obvious references. Hmm. I know everything about horror, and <laughs> that was all of them. Wow, thanks, Stella. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to this point, though, it's funny for how much they actually talk about Friday the Thirteenth that there doesn't really feel like there's any sort of reference no. to that 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 franchise. I mean, the only thing that I can really think of is. Later, Joey says to Pacey, you have a mom complex, and mm. Jason Voorhees, I mean, mm. for those that are in the know, Jason mm-hmm. isn't even the killer in the first one, it's his mom, and then Jason becomes the killer in two through the rest of them. I just remembered another thing. Oh, what do you got? Um, I think when um, Pacey's asking Dawson who's going to dress up as, he says something about um, Psycho. Uh, oh, Norman Bates. Bates. Yeah. yeah, he said, Nor- yeah, and then that also what was go- the other character? Michael Myers. I think he no. said Michael, Michael Myers. Myers and yeah. Norman Bates' mom. Yeah. yeah. Norman Bates goes along with the uh, mom complex as well, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Interesting. This is just loaded with references, yeah. which I appreciate. I appreciate these little nods. I'll take a reference, yeah. After the most reckless ride of their lives, they arrive at the convenience store. Due to Pacey hot-wiring the car, Joey has to stay in the vehicle to make sure it stays on while they grab salty snacks and sweet treats. Inside, they witness a domestic dispute between hetero white trash royalty, Eddie, and Ursula. As Eddie storms out, she introduces herself to the boys and offers to steal a bottle of wine for their party. Outside, a stranger who is clearly a serial killer named David introduces himself to Joey, playing innocent as he asks her for directions. After asking where she lives and complimenting her eyes, Dawson comes back to the car and David leaves. Dawson points out the obvious that he's definitely a serial killer, but Joey defends him. Meanwhile, Pacey invites Ursula to Dawson's as Eddie shows up, angrily chasing them to Pacey's car, to which they lock the doors and speed off. A lot happening here. So much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I have many, many thoughts on on what happens here, but the first thing I gotta talk about is Ursula and Eddie. Can we talk oh, yeah. about them yeah. for a little bit? Yes. Okay, so I as soon as... One, they're scary. They're they're scary, terrifying. Just mm-hmm. in the way they look, the way they they interact with each other. She doesn't have eyebrows. It scares me. She looks she looks scary. He looks scary. He looks mean. She looks like Ursula from the Little Mermaid. Yeah, the, the evil makeup. sea witch. Her. Yep. I, I actually think her her style was inspired by Ursula the sea witch. Hmm, that's interesting. She's wearing fringe purple fringe. Uh, leather yeah. jacket, like tentacles. Mm. She's got the high blue eye makeup, just like Ursula. Mm. She's got kind of like crazy hair and like a scratchy voice. So, I really water like theme that. sea witch. This is Ursula. Yeah. I got a different vibe from that, but <laughs> oh, okay. I, I I like the idea that she's a sea witch. But I was just captivated by the name Ursula. It seems very specific to like have a character named that, right? Yes. It's not like. 
Jennifer. Or it's it's not, no. you know, like most of the characters yeah. have kind of a run of the mill name. So I got into researching that name, Ursula, to try to figure out if it was a reference to something Little besides Mermaid? Little oh, Mermaid. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's like the obvious reference. But Beyond that, like, I want to hear what you're yeah. like. What the origin yeah. of the name mm-hmm. is? It like a goddess or is, is something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I found. Uh-oh. I think it's quite compelling. <laughs> okay, so Ursula. Um, it, you know, I don't know the obvious origin or the exact origins, but my speculative my speculative origins is Ursula is referencing the um, uh, Latin word for uh, bear, which would be Ursa, which is also you know like that's the the the, the scientific name of the family of, is Ursa or Ursines, I want to say. So Ursa referencing bears, Ursula is like a common feminization for gendering words to make it a she-bear. Mm. What I think is that Ursula is actually a were-bear. Oh, <laughs> yes. interesting. It reminds, it's like Goldilocks because she goes into the house. She's like kind of, mm. you know, like she's a bear that's entering their little circle. Like the big bad bear. The big bad bear. <laughs> <laughs> Classic is, story. My gay porn film that you can find online <laughs> if you look very hard. <laughs> I guess that's a wolf, not the bear. What am I thinking of? I was thinking of something You're thinking else. Of the, the bears. Three bears. The three little bears. Yes. That's what I was, right? Goldilocks, Goldilocks and the three little bears. Goldilocks and yeah, the three not the wolf. Bears? The wolf is the red riding hood. That's what that's what, yeah. Which maybe Jen okay. is red riding hood. It's okay. Oh, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. You're right. It's okay. Remember after Twilight they <laughs> made me? they made like a like a cool, like badass version of Red Riding Hood. And yes. it was with um, Johnny Depp? No, no, no. no. It, was, it was with um oh I, I yeah. always forget her name. She was in Twin Peaks the Return. Um Oh. She uh she was she she was uh she was Karen and uh, Mean Girls. Hmm. I think I know who oh, you're talking about. Amanda Seyfried? Yes, yeah, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. They made like a badass red riding I remember that. Yeah. with her in it. Why Why didn't we get a Goldilocks badass teen yeah. Yeah. movie? They could have gotten fucking Grizzly Bear to do the soundtrack. <laughs> that would be cool. Kind of like mm. how Muse had their fingerprints all over that Twilight soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, speaking, sorry, speaking of <laughs> Twin Peaks, just felt like that was a good point to uh, go oh, yeah. back. Yeah. Um, Really felt like Ursula was a David Lynch character yeah. or yes. character from some other universe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wrote she's like definitely cut from the same cloth as Nadine Hurley or Sailor Ripley yes. or Coco. Mm-hmm. Just like so many David Lynch characters that she seems very similar yeah. to. She's Every so line there. of dialogue is so mm. bizarre. Yeah, like this is what they hear when they when Dawson and Pacey come ac- across them fighting in the convenience store. You're crazy. You know that. You're- Get out of my face, wench. Oh, I got your face, wench. <laughs> sure. Uh, I got your face, wench. I got your face. What is it? Oh, <laughs> she also calls Eddie a puke. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I was excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, are we to believe that this was supposed to be a misdirect to make us believe that either Eddie or her are the serial killer or like a serial killer cu- couple and, and then David is the surprise at the end to be the serial killer? I have no idea I because yeah. I was immediately like, this guy's a serial killer. Absolutely. There's no yeah. fucking way he's not the lady killer, which... Oh, David. The lady killer? Are you fucking serious? This is our serial <laughs> yeah. killer name? Oh, is that the name that they gave to <laughs> yeah. him? Yeah, the lady, on the news, the lady killer. Yeah. He's the lady He's killer. killer. Getting to the point. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> but, so, like, seriously, so, such yeah, a what, killer. Yeah. What's the point? I mean, it's a red herring. 
but why? What, Eddie and Ursula? Eddie and Ursula yeah, being yeah. this I mean, super toxic. I guess it could be a representation for Dawson and Jen having a toxic, like foreshadowing, mm-hmm. like this could be you or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It feels really random to include them in this mm-hmm. story. I mean, like if you're, I mean, like we've talked about it a million times. Like if you're writing something, you always want to introduce a challenge, and whenever that challenge is overcome, mm-hmm. that creates a new challenge. Right. And this just seems weird to like. I understand that the, they're thinking, okay, so they're gonna have a seance, and there's gonna be spooky stuff. But like, what else can we do to make the situation right. even more interesting? It seems like adding Ursula is like you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel to make this like something. It I seems had, so weird. I mean, a note that I almost forgot to mention. So there was a notable contrast between Pacey and Dawson's reaction to seeing this, watching this Definitely. situation. <laughs> I don't know if, if anyone caught this, but yeah, I caught pa- the audio. Okay, so. Yeah, so Pacey was wanting to say something or like help in some way, and Dawson, well, Dawson wanted to stay back, pointing out that it's a domestic squabble. So it says a lot about both of them because Dawson coming from a house where a household where he's like witnessing his parents fight, whereas yeah. Pacey, you know, it, it was it, that I thought that was an interesting moment mm-hmm. between them and them watching this. So. I hadn't really contextualized it with Dawson's home life, but that's a good point, you know. But I. I more thought of it as just showing like Dawson's cowardice. Oh. Like I I don't want to say that I would get involved with this because I almost certainly would not. This does not look like a situation Mm-mm. I want to insert myself into. Um so I guess I kind of see where he's coming from, but yeah, I just thought it was kind of strange because it's she it seems like Ursula is not I don't know. I I don't know. I, I don't know, what would you guys do on if you approach this scenario, you see that, it, would you get involved? They're having a public disagreement. It's, Might talk to the store attendant and, you know, maybe indirectly be like, hey, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. They're having a Man, very I, loud, violent yeah, argument like, right just, there. I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know, but to like to to get to your point, though, I like that their their reactions are so different because this is now the second time where... Pacey has been on high alert when it comes to any kind of uh, domestic squabble like this, and he interjects himself, the earlier one being when Joey was intoxicated and uh, that guy that looked like Limp Bizkit. Thor. Thor, Thor. yeah, Limp Bizkit. Biscuit Thor? Mm. Um, Limp Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! Uh, Man, Limp Bizkit's good. Uh, But that's like another point. Like, I don't know. It's does that speak to his home life that he is usually a mediator Mm. between his parents or maybe one of his 30 brothers and his 16 (laughs) sisters (laughs) where this is happening a lot? Right. Mm -hmm. And it does, I mean, it does make sense for like Dawson's home life is clearly this, this is all he sees. So, of course, he doesn't want to interject. He's always trying to make himself invisible with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting character defining, like, like maybe not defining, but flavor. It's giving us color in these characters, and it's so quickly brushed on. And we're like, okay, let's yeah. go back outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's not sit in this at all. Um, I kind of just want to go back for a second about I don't know if this PC taking the car. If, you know, if that mm. says anything about his home life, right? I thought it was interesting that he like that he couldn't just like borrow the car. You yeah. know, like. Right, like borrow the keys, but why did he have to hotwire yeah, it? Yeah, if he mm-hmm. he's, he usually drives like that truck, so like why wouldn't they let him take his truck? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't they let him take the jeep? Why does he feel like he has to borrow slash steal it? Like, right, what's I that wonder. about? My only thought, immediate first hand thought, is like, isn't he fifteen? 
So oh, yeah. why oh. would they be letting him take his car because he's not even supposed to be driving? Right. He doesn't maybe doesn't have his license yet. But that yeah. said, it's like wouldn't you just steal the keys right. instead of hot wiring the car? Don't like wouldn't your parents? <laughs> yeah, they're still gonna notice that yeah. the car is gone. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean later on, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but when Pacey runs away from Dawson's house to go back <laughs> yes. home with the flashlight, there are keys in the car yes. and he oh. turns the ignition. So of course, very ah, of course. found him then. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, he could turn the car oh, off. How then. Funny, funny. Okay, so should we talk about Joey and yeah, this the Joey Smitten? So, she loves David. <laughs> this reminded me of George George Costanza with a toupee. This guy, <laughs> he looked like a young George Costanza. <laughs> That's funny. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he looked he had really the confidence familiar. of George Costanza with a toupee. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I get it. You're young and naive, but really, like this dude is. Up this is clearly to something, yeah. And she even like when he says, "Oh, I'm trying to get to Providence," and she's like, "Providence, you are very <laughs> lost." You know, like why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be like, huh? I don't. Are they trying to tell us that Joey is not very aware? Like, what are they trying to say with this? That she's easily gullible to men that compliment her? Hmm. Maybe. By the way, your eyes are beautiful, or whatever you so say. She's like, "Oh, thanks so much." I, thanks. I don't know. Like, I, I definitely felt like she was being naive, but there were like a couple moments where she does look kind of creeped out by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when oh, yeah. when she's like talking, like she's talking about the directions, and he's just like staring, staring. at her. She looks kind of like taken aback. So I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. But she defends was, him immediately. I know. I know. Yeah. Back. So I kind of. Later, I, ha- I had this. Uh, I'll talk about it later that like Dawson's kind of her safe space. So right now she's in Pacey's car, which like she can't turn it off. She's in like an unsafe space by herself, and they left her out there. Like why couldn't Pacey be the one to like mm-hmm. stay in his car and Joey go in with Dawson? So then later, yeah, I, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I'm reading. How I'm reading this scene, I guess. Mm. Hmm. That's a good point. Just made that connection, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did feel like this guy like was so creepy. Like I felt so sincerely frightened mm-hmm. by him. He looked like the creepy. doodle for the Zodiac. Mm. <laughs> like when you see the the artist renditions yeah. of what victims of the mm-hmm. Zodiac said he looked like, he looks exactly like that guy. George Costanza yeah, with a toupee. With a <laughs> I like the, the way that they were lighting him on the outside of the car window because they were able, they had placed some kind of like key light above him to get that little shine on his glasses mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I, I, I recognize from like, uh, suspect drawings because th- whenever they're wearing glasses, oh. there's always like that that shine that's going across them, right? So it's yeah. like it felt like you're looking at a crime scene drawing. You're not a crime scene drawing. You know what I mean? Like a yeah, a, totally. It was it was, a, it was interesting and it was very creative. I thought it, was, it had to have been lighting. It couldn't have been naturally like that. They had to get that out yeah. of his glasses in some way. Mm-hmm. Definitely cool. She told him to take Elm Street. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We get yeah. that. Um, you just take. Elm Street, which is a street right here, and you take it a few miles until you hit the highway. And we've got that slow, dark music pad building underneath it to like give us that tense feeling as he's just staring at her. Oh. I love the idea that you just take Elm Street for a few miles until you get to the highway. Long <laughs> <laughs> road. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, that's easy. What do you know if this is a reference to another horror 
Movie I think it's all? just shoehorning going down Elm Street. Elm Street. Okay. Yeah. A nightmare on Elm Street. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can think of. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, uh, but I mean, just I, I, I know it's I, I know I love Silence of the Lambs, and I try to interject it as much as possible. But it would have been so much cooler if they had a a sequence where instead it was like someone trying to load up their car and ask yeah. for Joey's oh. help or something. I yeah. would have. Much rather this seance happen in like an abandoned barn. Oh out yeah, in, absolutely. You know that would have been, but that would have been too spooky for Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I love that the uh, the killer David somebody says yeah. his name yeah. David, calls uh, Dawson Sport. Yeah. When he yeah. Comes oh my out. gosh! It's like, do you need help? He's like, no, Oops. Sport. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was so creepy too. Like he was so annoyed so, by Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was so unsettling. Yeah, it's even more like there's something very specific about a serial killer being yeah. condescending, where it's mm-hmm. like this level of like I know so much more about the darkness of this world than you, sport. Like, mm-hmm. right. I'm not afraid to kill you, where you play by society's rules. It puts the lotion on the skin. Yes. Oh. Did he, you get Dawson saying it's the '90s? You gotta oh, be yeah. careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it right here. He gets in the car and he. Serial killers are typically white males in their twenties. Hello. It's the 90s. You got to be careful. Hello. Hello. God, I don't miss that. (laughs) Talk to the hand. (laughs) Because the face don't want to hear it. (laughs) uh, Stella, you're kind of like a true crime head. Mm -hmm. Is that what true crime fans are called? Just heads. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So you're a head. Uh, Was the 90s a particular high point in murders and serial killings because I always associate that kind of with like the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also would say like 70s and 80s when it, it was like, you know, really intense. But yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Green River was maybe late 80s. I don't know. It's like, why say it's the 90s? You got to be careful. Because it's know. the 90s, baby. <laughs> we got... We got bad stuff happening, baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to be like tongue in cheek, like is like it's the nineties. Yeah, there's actually not a lot of this happening in real mm-hmm. life. But <laughs> I think it's like get with the times. You you can't be, yeah, yes, you know, know, lock your door at night. You know, you live in the city, like well, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within, yeah. I also just, I, I feel like yeah. that was when when like maybe people were like there was more um, research on like. Mm-hmm. serial killers and people were kind of becoming more aware of like technology also yeah. like for yeah uh, that makes sense I mean I guess what was the biggest one of the biggest shows in the 90s was like Unsolved Mysteries mm-hmm. so you have a lot of people that are paranoid because we're watching that and the news True. became more heightened with violence so mm-hmm. hmm. okay mm. I mean there I think there definitely were big serial killers in the 90s and, and, and like high profile crime and killing was probably like more documented then than probably any point before because sure. the media wasn't mm-hmm. really talking about that kind of, I mean like obviously murder always sold, but I think maybe that's what we're supposed to take away from that. But wasn't Jeffrey, yeah, I just Googled this, Jeffrey Dahmer was caught in 91. So he would have been very oh, okay. on the you know, right. in the zeitgeist for the mm-hmm. 90s. And probably one of those things that people would have been like, don't go out at night and just trust any stranger you meet because there's people like Jeffrey Dahmer out there. Mm-hmm. So, David. Stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> stranger danger. Uh, any audio from Ursula in the convenience store? 
I didn't. I mean, I only there was caught, so much with her. Yes. Like you could have much, capped everything that she how, says. How much louder could she have yelled that she's going to score them bottle? Yeah. Of wine? <laughs> you want me to score you? Bottle of wine? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like and the store attendants, just like do do do. Yeah, he does. Like, they don't care. <laughs> I mean, if I was so that, good. if if I was that person behind the register and I saw Ursula and she was just screaming, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, Please leave. Just steal. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. it. Leave. I never want to see you again. I love that when she gives the bottle of wine to Pacey. He he says this. Excellent. Cabernet Sauvignon, my favorite. <laughs> you know, my buddy is having a... Yeah. So good. Uh, absolutely. That feels very on brand for Pacey <laughs> to be like, oh, great, a girl at the convenience yeah. store. Do you want to come over? Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, yeah. Maybe I can fuck you later. <laughs> <laughs> this scene ex- escalated so quickly, though. It got yes. like, so intense, so quickly with Eddie <laughs> chasing after them. Yeah. Wild. Again, like I I enjoyed this episode, but a lot of it doesn't make any sense. So Eddie and her screaming, they have their squabble. Eddie leaves. Where does he go for five minutes just to wait to go back to her and scream, get in the car? He chains he smokes a cigarette, just like chiefs it down hard around the corner. He's just like (laughs) and then he comes around the corner and he's all nicotined out. He's very angry and he sees that. Shotgun to PBR. Yeah. Yeah. And peed. The music too. That part was just like, so what is funny. happening? It was heightening, <laughs> it was heightening very hard. Yeah, which I appreciate. Back at Jen's, Cliff arrives to pick her up. When Grams opens the door, she lusts after him while proclaiming <laughs> his scholastic accolades. Jen tells him that Graham's admiration isn't a great sign. Cliff finally reveals that their date plans are to go to Dawson's seance, every ex partner's ultimate fantasy. Oh man, isn't it? I would love to go to Mal, your ex's place uh, for dinner sometime. That would just be so much fun to just get to hang out with your ex, especially when you don't know that it's a or your ex, your current date's ex. Especially when you don't know that's going to happen. That just seems like a yeah. dream. And I love that it, later. It's not now, but Cliff calls it out when he's talking to Dawson. He's like, "Isn't this cool?" Um, <laughs> yeah, this never yeah. <laughs> They really dumbed him down this episode. Like really every did. idea he has yeah. is bad. Yeah. So bad. Um, so. Again, I said earlier that Grams has some great name pronunciations. Mm-hmm. There's, this is one of them. Are you Clifford Elliot? Hello, ma'am. <laughs> Clifford Elliot? Are you Clifford Elliot? <laughs> Love her so much. I'm loving her more and more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I still remember that she's a racist. Yeah. That's true. True. That. <laughs> but I have a theory that maybe, you know, because her voice is always shaking like this. I have a theory that she was a road construction worker for a long time and she had sure. to she had to operate the um pneumatic hammer thing oh. you know the, oh, da, 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 yeah. and she also really loves jfk and she's <laughs> part-time jfk impersonator which has been all ruined from this of course because now she talks like this all the time <laughs> I love how Jen is like, it's like a turn off for her that, that Graham's yeah. lost yeah. Cliff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't blame good. her. No. Nope. He sucks. Um, outfit change for Jen. So she is now wearing uh, a dark rosy pink short sleeve turtleneck for the remainder of the evening. So mm. getting a little bit into color psychology, uh, she is a little, she's feeling more vulnerable. This is a, a more vulnerable version of the sweater she was wearing earlier, which was long sleeve, dark red. This one is pink. Short sleeve, but still a turtleneck. So mm. I think like she's been spook- spooked a few times leading up to this evening, and so now we're going into the evening, and she's feeling more vulnerable. I love mm. that. 
Yeah. Good read. Later at Dawson's, the kids watch Ursula inspect the house, <laughs> proclaiming she loves to be scared and needs a drink. Jen corners Dawson over her experiences that day, to which he denies having any part. Ursula finds a fake severed head in the fridge, who adores it with screams and laughs. As Dawson preps the living room, Cliff gives a stoic Dawson his admiration for the dating advice. And around the corner, Jen complains to Joey about the whole date of Dawson sitch, where she again believes Dawson to be the puppet master to her misery, which is cut short when a fake corpse falls out of the closet. Yeah. As one does. Of course. How does he have these? I mean, I know, I guess just from his movies, right? He's always making props and things like that, but a, like a corpse and all these little, little, it, it, Spirit of Halloween didn't exist yet, did it? No, no, but I maybe Party City. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, Party City was the big one for us yeah. growing up. They always had cool masks and mm. props mm-hmm. and stuff. But again, yeah, like is he, is he making? Are we to believe that he's making a lot of these and they're ex props from his previous films? I think so. Okay, yeah, he's very talented. Then quite the collection. Yeah. Uh, what's your face, Ursula? Um, How could you forget? Sorry. Um, it says that the wine isn't cold and needs right. to put ice, ice cubes in it. Yeah, I, what the fuck? I, white trash. I don't understand. Yeah, white, white trash. Is right. that something that people do? In the 90s? Thousand percent. I think yes. in the 90s, maybe. Oh, I see. I've heard of people liking mm. red wine cold, but not like putting ice in it. Just like putting red. Mm. Some people put red wine in the fridge, but mm. putting ice in it and then you're like watering it down? I don't know. It's strange. Mm. Very strange. White trash love cold wine. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you. anybody out there likes cold wine, cold red wine. <laughs> We don't think you're white trash. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I stand by what I believe. I think uh, she says this, which really confused me. Oh, it's all right. I love to be scared. My boyfriend, Eddie, scares the goop out of me. <laughs> I can imagine. The goop? The goop. Yeah, the, the product from, uh, what's her face? Yes. Oh, yeah. This is just some subtle uh, covert advertisement. It's a cross-promotion campaign. It's just like chapstick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. She was... Very early, like she's been working on that for a long time. I didn't know that. <laughs> I love that shot of her just inspecting the living room and all the kids uh, leaning over yeah. to the side yeah, from the doorway great. to watch her. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I, there's cool. a couple. There's another one later where we get a, a fun group shot of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, I thought I really enjoyed those. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so listen to this scream. Ursula is incredible. It's not cold, so we'll have to add some ice. And then she starts laughing hysterically. After she touches it. Yeah. <laughs> but what a scream. God damn. She is a scream queen. Mm-hmm. Like, Did anyone check out her credits to nope. see if... I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, she's she happy for yeah. something. I, I don't... IMDB trivia, no one should ever trust it because it's user generated. So mm-hmm. it's probably like 99% of the time lies. But something I did see on there is that uh, I think it was her sister uh, ended up marrying our titular hero Dawson, the actress's real life sister. Oh. So I wonder if they met through oh. this episode for some Wait, reason. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. But this is IMDb where right. lies flourish. Gotta find out. I'm looking at her credits credits right now, and um, no obvious horror credits that I'm seeing. Nothing. Nothing noteworthy, but she was in Zoolander <laughs> as one of Mugatu's models. So <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. So hot right now. <laughs> yeah, she is unhinged. Yeah, she's great. 
I, 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 I still don't really know what the tone of Dawson's Creek is supposed to be because it's, <laughs> sometimes it feels realistic, but every other side character is camp as hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's like they're coming from this like different dimension. It's like pink flamingos or like a Dawson's Creek, or like Dawson's Creek, uh, like a <laughs> Twin Peaks kind of like, it's so weird. Pink flamingo divine. Yeah. Inspired oh, Ursula, Ursula makeup. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Love Divine. I wonder if Divine will ever. Yeah, Divine was dead by this point, right? I don't. I don't know, and not sure. Okay. How old do you think Ursula is? Thirties. Why the yeah. fuck is she hanging out with some fifteen-year-old kids who she knows are underage because she had to steal a bottle of wine for them? White trash. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. She was trying to Crazy. escape Eddie. <laughs> but she's not. I mean. I mean, in that she moment, is. yeah. It's that cycle mm-hmm. that we love to see on TV. So when Dawson's setting up the seance, uh, Cliff says, this is the most original first date I can think of. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hmm. These fucking episodes being out of order is driving me insane. (laughs) The only other thing I could think of is like, if they didn't count the carnival date as a date, because it was like a double date. Possibly. Maybe. But it was a date. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it yeah, was an, know. originally a date. Yeah. It's so weird how there was so much more continuity with Tamara who gets brought up yeah. later <laughs> in this episode from Joey, but it's like they had that set in stone and then everything just fell apart mm-hmm. after that. I wonder what happened. That was the one block that they really had planned and then they're like, we can shoot these other eight episodes <laughs> that will punch in around it. Yeah, on that same note of... of Cliff saying this is a great first date. In the next scene, it's Jen and Joey, Jen confiding in Joey about how mm-hmm. crazy this is. Did you forget that we hate each other right now? Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Why yeah. the fuck are you confiding in me? I thought we really weren't getting along. They yeah, the show does not know yeah, when they're friends or not. No, and then they get a scare together. Yeah. Like the four corpse falls out of the closet, scares them together. So they're in this, they have this moment where they're like, you know, experiencing this scare together so it kind of bring, uh, yeah it's interesting yeah they actually have a good scream I capped it of course I did because it's a good scream from Jen and Joey no no he, he's not that inventive this is definitely the work of Dawson you think <laughs> <laughs> kind of wish this is a video podcast because every single time we play a clip of screaming Stella jumps 20 feet in the air <laughs> <laughs> clutching her stress ball yeah <laughs> The seance begins, and while Ursula claims to channel spirits and beckon their call, Pacey and the gang give her flack. Pacey comes up with the bright idea of channeling the victims of the serial killer, which leads to a conversation about the killer's modus operandi, once again, stalking, phone calls, and heart removal. (laughs) Cliff jumps into an urban legend about a snake that pulled out the organs of a baby, to everyone's disgust. Ursula that jumps into resetting the night's events as though it too is an urban legend, insinuating that she is deranged, giving them all the absolute creeps. <laughs> and just then, the lights cut out and everyone screams, ah! yeah! I, I loved that Ursula kicked off the seance because, like, yeah. yes. what? <laughs> it's just so random. But she was just she into it. it. She, she earned she it. Let's take a listen. Spirits, are you with us? Oh, uh, spirits, come to us. 
Ursula, are you like a spirit goddess? <laughs> well, I channel from time to time. I have a couple sister spirits that occupy my body occasionally. Dion and Latoya. <laughs> <laughs> Dion and Latoya. I okay. Thank you. P- yes. Please explain okay. this. I think this is a reference to the Psychic Friends Network. Um, Dion Warwick and Latoya Jackson both uh, did late night infomercials yes. for Psychic oh. Friends Network in the nineties. Nice. Oh they ha- there are god. clips on YouTube that you can look up. So yes. that's, that's a just, good good I, one. Yeah. I, oh my Take god. <laughs> yeah, I I used to love those late night in you know like one hour two hour infomercials that would play for like online psychics and or, yeah. I mean I guess it'd be phone psychics and shit like that. Yeah, it was either Girls Gone Wild yes. or psychics like Miss Cleo. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. God damn, that takes me back. Wow. Um, I loved Cliff telling his like spooky story yeah. and everyone just being like, uh, "Yeah, he can't read yeah. the room yeah. at all." The mood. <laughs> And then there was blood everywhere, and everybody was throwing up, and the gore was incredible. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Did, did, you, did you cap his story? No, it was oh, so my long, God. but it's so funny. My oh. my favorite part of that whole thing is just after everyone's like, oh, that's disgusting, Jen just going, poor baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Gosh. Jen. Yeah, she's like, he. I feel like he's trying so hard, and yeah, she's oh, yeah. just like... Nah. Yeah, for the listeners that are refusing to watch Dawson's Creek, come on, give it a watch. But the, his story is, gets so specific about a snake that goes into a baby's body that when the mom pulls the yeah. snake out of the mouth of a baby, it pulls out all of the baby's organs along with it. And no one likes that, but I loved it. It was great. I thought it was a good story. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I liked the reactions around the table. Who was liking it and who wasn't liking it? Pacey was loving it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As a kid, I read a children's book called Blueberries for Salad. I yeah. thought he was gonna like oh. launch into this story because it's like the bear comes up and it's kind of like a little scary in the story, <laughs> and it turned into this like grotesque story about babies' insides being ripped out. But yeah, also I, I just I thought of blueberries for salad for a second. <laughs> I mean, I I don't I know Cliff probably doesn't wouldn't know this, but you know. Joey's got like a very young nephew that she has to be taking oh, yeah. care of right now. So like this baby inside yeah. ripping out story, probably like extra in poor taste right now. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be cathartic because she hates that baby. That's true. She's like it's keeping her up every night. Where can I get true. a snake um, right now? <laughs> Cliff, do you know? Does she? I Do you think we'll ever see that baby again? No. I seriously wonder. Season. Yeah, if we're ever going to see that baby as like a child we haven't yeah, seen a toddler or yeah what, i wonder when's the last time we saw it right after uh, it was born that episode the, that's it what, pace uh yeah when pacey put him to that's put right. the baby to sleep right yep. Aww, yeah yeah that's cute. That. yeah make me cry how could you forget i could never forget <laughs> you know so when ursula's talking about the knife that she keeps in her purse and how she likes to slit a guy's throat just to see how far the blood sprays <sighs> She's a bear. okay? The knife in her purse is really the bear in her skin mm. purse, which is her body, that comes out, and she likes to watch that blood squirt. <laughs> bear. Yep. Yeah, yikes. I wonder what she, like, what was she anticipating that reaction? Like, I think she just wanted to see them all squirm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I think she's like, oh, we're all telling scary stories. I got one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to exactly... Defend Ursula, but later she says that she at one point wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is just, you know, she's having some fun, just in the same way that Dawson's having fun with his shenanigans, that Mm -hmm. she likes to creep people out. In the same way that a comedian says that they're addicted to hearing the laughs of their audience, I can imagine someone who is a trickster loves the screams just as much. 
I was just say when they all separate later, she's the one that goes with Dawson. So she's kind of yeah, it's kind of interesting. Parallel. There we go. Parallel. That's why she's here. She started the seance. Where if she wasn't there, Dawson would be the one starting the seance. They're meant to be together. She does. I mean, I kind of thought she looked a little bit like um, what's her face from yes. The Walking Dead the bar, Carol. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that curly hair. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, older woman, she curly hair. She kills a bunch of zombies too. Then mm. mm. werebear. Mm. Oh, that'd be fun. Where werebear versus zombies? It's a movie I'd watch. Yeah. The Sci-Fi Channel is just. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, we're going to go uh, respond to this email we just got from the Sci-Fi Channel about making werebears versus zombies the movie. Cha-ching! See you on the other side. I don't want to wait for you, the number one Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast fan, to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. I really don't want to wait, and you can make me the happiest idiot in Capeside High if you did those three simple tasks. Rating five stars. Now that's something, pal. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Wait, what's that? A review? What a sweet gesture. And wow, I can't believe it. You subscribed. Now you have truly won me over. Now our lives don't have to be over. And we're back. As everyone blames the denying Dawson for cutting the power, Jen gets up to call the power company, revealing the electricity has been cut, as well as the phone line has been cut. Dawson tells them to split up. Bad idea. Joey and Pacey to lock the doors. Jen and Cliff to get the flashlights from the upstairs closet. And Ursula is to go with Dawson to inspect the fuse box. This is where the episode really takes a turn, and everything goes off the rails. Just as planned. Just as planned. The classic, everyone separates. Yep. Everyone, Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Does, <laughs> do you know if the fans have a term to describe the core friendship? The core mm. four. The core four. That's what, I think that's people what People just call it the core, the core four. core four. That's core what four. I've heard. I don't know. Yeah. Just for Buffy, they call them like the Scooby gang. Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, whenever I want to describe this bunch, it's like the crew, the gang. Yeah, I think it's the core four because then later, there are people that like enter later seasons, but they're the core four. Mm. The original core four. Yeah. I think we call them the Scooby Gang. <laughs> yeah, we can think of our <laughs> yeah, own name. Fuck off, Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much to say here. This is such a weird scene. I mean, it was nice to get Dawson and, um, like, I don't know. I like that it can, it got Dawson and Ursula together because I was worried it was going to be Pacey and Ursula together and mm-hmm. just get like mm-hmm. creepy lechery. Yeah. At least we didn't get that. That's the one <laughs> silver lining there. Seems like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that Mike White episodes typically don't have horny Pacey as a character. It's true. Oh. They just have mm-hmm. goofy scamp Pacey. Yeah. While Pacey and Joey are locking up the doors, Joey gives him flack for his taste in older women being absolutely cursed, and Pacey throws it back at her, citing her lustful infatuation with Dawson. A scary sound interrupts them, and when they inspect the stairs, an enormous swinging axe contraption comes yeah. out, almost cutting them to shreds. <laughs> it's like so f- weird that they never reference this again. because no, This could have killed them. How did Dawson set this up? It was like not going and then it is? Did, yeah. did he yeah. release it? Or it's like is the it like a, on a timer? It, is there a trip wire? Yeah. Right. Yeah, um... I I, no, I noticed this little interaction between Pacey and Joey. Well, what about your taste, Joey? You're going to go to your grave pining away for your best friend, a guy who's so oblivious he doesn't have a clue that you lust after morning, noon, and night. I don't lust after him. Right, denial, denial. <laughs> ah, 
Well, that's the spooky axe, but... (laughs) Stella, you can come down now! She had jumped up 30 feet into the air. (laughs) She went straight through the roof. Yeah, he is so jealous. Oh, yeah, totally. Hmm. You don't think so? Well, I don't know, because if if what we're saying is... Like, we were talking about how this might have been filmed before the carnival. Like, why would he be jealous if he doesn't hasn't developed those feelings that happened at the carnival on the carnival episode i think this is because it's a part of the show bible for these characters uh, that it's like eventually we know pacey will have a thing for her yeah and they're always bicker they're always bickering so far we always see them bickering so it makes sense with them you know again kind of bickering and fighting but then again it doesn't make any fucking sense because pacey says like that he doesn't that dawson doesn't know that she's infatuated with him even though the last episodes Yeah, have yeah. been about that the last mm-hmm. several since at uh, the very least since the uh, fucking breakfast club episode where it was clearly laid out there <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah and also like no reference to the joey and pacey kiss right well she doesn't remember so, that one I, yeah. I i still think she thinks that either she was too drunk or she, in the moment she thought it was dawson so wait the I, joey and Pacey kiss. Oh, I'm sorry. Episode. You're talking about from the date. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was she thinking was, about the house party. Well, which no. one? I was still yeah, thinking about Limp Thor. Yeah, yeah right. I'm like curious right. to know if like Dawson knows. Well, he does because Pacey admitted it. Uh, in last episode, in yeah. the last episode, when they were in the video store, Pacey See, says, "Well, no, he, he does? didn't. Not, no. not quite. He said, I think Dawson. It could have been interpreted by Dawson as a joke because he yeah. does. He says he did, but then he goes into like, oh yeah, and it was like, and then we did this and this and this. Yeah, so. and then she invited me in, and he's yeah, like, and then you he's liar. like, oh, you're so it, true. Yeah, I don't think Dawson knows. I don't know. I feel could like go either way. Yeah, I, I yeah. think if I were Dawson, I would be like, oh, so you tried and she rebuffed you." Which is true, except that he, he did actually, actually did. kiss her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what he actually thinks. I feel wonder. like I'm reading a book out of order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's so frustrating. Yeah, I I feel like they um, when they like mailed off the scripts to the to the executives for them to like stamp them up, you know, for approval because that's what you have to do, right? Go to you, big stamps. Yeah, yeah, they just give Huge you big stamps. stamps on there, and they're like, good job. Um, but I think when they did that and they mailed them back after they got the big stamp on it, they accidentally got a couple of the like scenes mixed up and put them in different episodes. Happens all the time. <laughs> Those big producers, they don't know what they're doing. I love also here that Joey specifically says this could end up worse than uh, Tammy. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I guess like the only real logical conclusion you could come with is like what could be worse than him being with Tammy and she gets fired and they both end up in prison. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, murder. <laughs> yeah, getting killed. As Jen and Cliff head to the upstairs hallway closet, they complain about Ursula as well as what they expect to find awaiting them. When they find the flashlights, they discover a mirror with, you're gonna die tonight, written in possibly blood. And Jen brings up Dawson's other pranks that day. Cliff asks her to contemplate that maybe, just maybe, it is actually a serial killer stalking her. Man, Cliff is so scary. Take a listen to this. <laughs> Cliff. Ah! Sorry. Sorry. Ah! It was pretty scary. Stella, are you okay? You know, I'll recover. <laughs> He's the scariest of them all. So did da- so Dawson wrote this in his own? No, no, sorry. No, so Cliff wrote Cliff. this in Dawson's closet mirror. This is a Cliff move, uh, right? Yeah. Again, very confusing uh, about when Cliff is being able to do these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
is there going to be a twist that Cliff has a double and they're working congruently Mm. to perform these tricks? I don't know. That's interesting. I did have some thoughts along those lines later, so maybe I'll try to weave that into a a theory I've got working. Spoilers for the the latest scream, but there's, and I mean, I guess there's other screams too, where there are um, two killers, not just one. So maybe we have a someone that is yet to be revealed who is working with Cliff. What was her name that we haven't seen her since episode two? Nellie. 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 This could be Nellie. Oh, Nellie's yeah. been hiding she in the shadows. She wasn't in the film class either in this episode. Yeah. She's gone. Well, oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. I was just going to say I liked it when uh, they were talking about Ursula and Cliff was like, yeah, she's a real trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's crazy, man. Yeah, what she has trip. a knife in her bag. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> So earlier, Joey says that she has a contradicting personality, yeah, right? And now what you're saying about maybe Cliff has a, a double. So what I was thinking is maybe Joey has a contradicting personality because she's a clone. We Wait, th- Joey or Jen? Joey says that she has a contradicting personality. Mm-hmm. Joey says, oh, yes. Yeah. So, yes, 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 so yes, yes, Joey's yes, yes, a clone yes. and maybe it's not just Joey. It's also Cliff because he's got a double Cliff that's doing all this other double stuff. Cliff. Out, you know, so maybe there's a cloning program here in Cape Side. <laughs> oh, just one of your good old fashioned cloning programs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was big in the 90s. Two things that I am surprised about. Uh, we, we get two pranks in a row here. We get the with the swinging yep. axe. I, I'm surprised that we didn't get them, you know, being like, oh, this is a styrofoam axe. Right. Uh, second one is with you're gonna die tonight, written. You would think that Jen would just be like, oh. You know, raspberry uh, yeah. right. jam, right. you know, something along those lines instead of just leaving it. Maybe this is a serial killer. Right. Why don't you <laughs> give it a whiff? Yeah. <laughs> this is not bloody. But she's so no. scared. She's very scared. Too scared mm-hmm. to sniff. No. <laughs> That's my life motto. You know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> if you're too scared to sniff, don't try to whiff. Exactly. Exactly. That's the tattoo we're going to get as a group. <laughs> That's the Freaks oh, and Freaks man. motto. <laughs> True. At the fuse box, Ursula spooks Dawson by pulling out a scarf from her bag, to which Ursula jokes she wouldn't stab anyone, but would rather shoot someone in the head. She explains her complicated relationship with Eddie, as well as his extremely violent history. She then brings up the vibes she got from him and Joey, saying that his infatuation with Jen is on the wrong path. They, too, are interrupted by a scary sound, and they leave to inspect. Yes, they do. This is the most frightening conversation I've ever heard between any two people in any form of medium. Why is it so scary? Well, he was, she was going to mur- murder him because yeah. earlier mm-hmm. she talked about the knife and then yeah. she talked about Eddie's extremely violent past. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, with other people, not her, you know, he had, what, what, what does she say again? Eddie just like beat someone yeah. within an inch of I think I got it right here. Let's take a listen. He's been in the pen. What for? Assault and battery. He took this guy's head and shoved it into a wall. The guy's eyeball was dangling from its socket. He's a monster. He's my monster. Hashtag my monster. Hashtag not my monster. (laughs) What more proof do you fucking doubters need? (laughs) Eddie is a monster, people. He's not just a person, he is a monster. They exist. Vampires are real. Swamp things are real. Monsters are real. Werebears are real. Eddie <laughs> is a monster. And Ursula is a sea witch. She's a monster. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'll take what I can get. Don't at me. This is good evidence. Yeah. Thank you. 
I want to talk about theories around if about the fuse box. I don't know if people want to talk about the conversation more. Yeah. But. Oh, that's, that's, it's it's a good one. I mean, he did say that he planned having the lights cut out mm-hmm. at a certain time. How yes, did he also get the a, phone? Yeah, he said he yeah, cut the cut line. The line. Okay, but he said or so. He says that the it. the fuse box is is like jammed, like someone right. messed with it. Yeah. So what happened? Do we think this did is mess with it? the lady killer? Mm. Oh. But, Hmm. This was. I, mean, oh. I think that was what. Yeah, that's what we were maybe supposed to that's, feel like. It could have been. Yeah, the lady killer. Spoiler. Spoiler alert! Anybody who didn't listen, um, fast forward just to the just to skip the rest of the episode. Um, but they do say that the lady killer was found lurking around mm-hmm. in a, a residential neighborhood in Cape Side. Yes. Yeah. Which could be this residential neighborhood. Could he could be. have jammed the fuse box, and maybe then he heard that there was a group of people and turned around. To the next house. Maybe he wrote he's that for someone alone in blood. Well, actually, Maybe. if he did, Cliff would have probably been scared too. Yeah, I I don't know. I was like pretty focused on this, but like I, it felt like if Eddie, if it would be weird if it was Eddie. Like, why yeah. would he yeah. do that if yeah. he was just trying to get Ursula? Like, it seems like maybe I don't know. Well, Maybe he a- followed them home. And there's that peeper shot that's happening in there, which I took to be Eddie because Eddie later, you know, in, yeah. the, in yeah. the next couple of scenes is like breaking down the doors. But maybe that peeper shot isn't Eddie, mm-hmm. but peeper lady killer. Yes, that's what I thought. And then maybe he like saw Eddie and then was like, oh, this is chaotic right. and yeah. left. Oh, yeah. okay. Eddie yeah, scares like he, him off. He probably heard that there was a group of people or something, saw mm-hmm. Eddie, saw, heard people yeah. talking and turned around. I wish house. that I capped the audio because when... Um, when they give that peeper shot, he's like making noises. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like deep breathing, <laughs> which is the classic serial killer go to. Oh, uh, if we have any serial killer listeners out there, yeah. please write us in and tell us: Do you de- uh, uh, do a deep breath when yeah. you're staring at your victims? Let us know. Is that like how you get in the zone? Auto zone. Mm. <laughs> Brought to you by. Uh, yeah, that, that I mean, I think there's really good filmic evidence too that he uh, does get scared by other male presence because Definitely. that's you know when he saw Dawson, that's when he yeah. dipped. So he sees Eddie and goes, "Ah, oh, this is already taken care." He of. called him Sport too. <laughs> hey, Sport. Well, looks like this Sport got it covered. Yeah, it's all your Sport. I guess there are two POV shots. We get the one of outside the garage looking in the window, right. mm-hmm. and then the sound that they hear isn't coming from outside; it's coming from inside the house. So right. That makes sense yeah. as being not anything, or that could have been. Eddie, maybe I don't know, but then the other one is when Ursula and Pacey are outside. We get a POV shot that's from very far away, right. but then Eddie pops out of like the bushes that are really close. So mm. right. it'd have yeah. to be a different viewpoint. Mm. Enough evidence. Yeah. I, I thought it was exciting. It excites me. <laughs> so um, this is a called shot. I haven't scared her once tonight. I've been scaring Joey. Yeah, the brunette, cute, feisty. The two of you will work out. Show's just telling us right there. Mm-hmm. They're going to work out. Mm. Outside character looking in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I guess they were framed by a window. <gasps> like that one episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a TV box. TV box. Oh, also, I hated when Ursula calls Dawson sweetie. Oh, sweetie. yeah. Oh, that was gross. Sweetie. I hate when people do that. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. condescending. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like so condescending. I like sport. When... Um, She's. She says that she like wanted when he compliments her on being a good actress, and she's like, "Well, once upon a time, I wanted to go to Hollywood." Hollywood. I love yeah. the way she says that. That <laughs> exposition dump that she gives is yeah. so good. Yeah. 
We're like, Holly, weird, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking got her. (laughs) Dawson and Ursula make their way back inside, finding Pacey, Jen, and Cliff hunkering down in the corner. They tell Dawson Joey left on her own to find Dawson. When he walks down the hall and opens a closet door, Joey's lifeless corpse falls out. As Dawson pleads for her to talk to her, as Dawson pleads for her to talk to him, a masked figure approaches Dawson with a knife, to which he screams. Please say you capped that scream. Oh, you know I did. You know I did. I couldn't not. Um, Let's take a listen. There's actually two versions of this scream, so we'll take a listen to the first one. That's true. Oh my God, Joey. Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Frightening shit. Yeah, that's terrifying. Oh my God, Joey. Did anyone here think Joey was actually murdered and this was no. the end of her character? No, <laughs> no, but I love the <laughs> the blood. Like she yeah. clearly like went and found Dawson's stash of like fake, st- you know, fake blood and did, did this whole thing before he got back. And it <laughs> planned was it. Jen's it was idea. Yeah, yeah. How interesting that Jen's idea involved mm-hmm. killing Joey. Ah, <laughs> yep. No. Because Joey is the threat. Yes. To Jen. Also, I want to give acting props to Joey, the character, because she went with a brave choice of keeping her eyes open. very open. Uh, yes. That was great. Yeah. Wide open. Eyes wide. Open. Eyes wide. Shut. Mm. Kubrick, Scorsese, those are directors. <laughs> <laughs> well, Illuminati? <laughs> what did you guys think about the scary mask? <laughs> It was like a skull, right? A skeleton mask. It like was a like a face. Jason mask with an eyeball on it. Like a hockey Wait, mask. That was the mask that Dawson was wearing under the bed, but she, uh, Jem was wearing like a skeleton. Oh, you're right. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I just different. thought it was the same mask it was for some reason. But you're right. It's it was like, like a skelly mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. a very low budget skeleton mask. Mm-hmm. Very scary. Extremely frightening. That's Pretty what the lady cool. killer looks like. Yeah. Ghost. Yeah. Ride. I don't know why Dawson was like so scared. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, he, his nerves have to be firing after yeah. being with Ursula for the last 10 or so <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And then his best friend is all bloody. Yeah, ah! he, I'm surprised that he believed Joey was actually dead for that brief moment. Yeah. Well, she is yeah. a great actress. We know this. That's why he keeps her in all of his movies, presumably. We notice. And we notice. And um, <laughs> he also is uh, subconsciously in love with her. So he can't help but have this emotional reaction to her. I wish we got a little slow zoom on Jen's face as she realizes she'll never hold a candle to Joey. Mm, that would have made sense. On that note, um, we're going to go... I don't know, probably pretend we're dead. See if we can scare each other. Yeah. Okay. Let's turn the lights off. Uh, Bye. Hey, everybody. James here. Just wanting to thank you for listening yet again. It is what keeps us going Now, if you are enjoying the show, if you've followed us online, if you've subscribed already, it's not the end of the world. There's one more thing you can do. You can tell a friend, you know, call them up. I don't care if you haven't talked to them in months, years. Maybe they're a friend from elementary school. Call them. Tell them, I've got a great podcast and you're going to love it. It's called Freaks and Creeks. Go to their website, freaksandcreeks.com. Find them online at Freaks and Creeks Pod. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Just tell them to come and check out the podcast. They're going to love it. And then you're going to be the cool friend who gave them a great recommendation. And isn't that amazing? Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of the episode and go tell your friends about this show. And we're back. 
and Dawson continues screaming. But the gang reveals it was just a group-led prank. Joey is, in fact, not dead. (laughs) Jen says it was her idea to get back at Dawson, to which he once again denies having any part and runs upstairs. Jen follows, asking him to swear that he isn't the stalker. When he promises, she asks why he wouldn't prank her, and he admits to excluding her and helping Cliff as an attempt to get over her. He touches her face and says he doesn't like the way things are between them. And when he leans in for a smooch, she says it's not a good idea and backs away. She tells him she doesn't want to be excluded anymore, and he agrees. Now that's a scream. <laughs> that's the second version of the scream. A lot more solid. One yes. note. Yeah. Uh, it's like someone trying to harmonize. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a very uncomfy scene. The best part about all of this is basically Dawson going, no, whatever, you suck, and then him running upstairs to cry yeah. by yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little kid. Like, yeah. No, like you are. I told you I wasn't doing <laughs> Go it. Go to my room. <laughs> Good, Mom. And Jen, God damn it. I want to like Jen, but then she falls for this shit. Yeah. She runs yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, but in this episode, I feel like Jen, throughout the whole thing, the vibe is that she's missing Dawson oh, yeah. and that mm-hmm. she's wanting Dawson. Definitely. And I don't know. It yep. feels like we're moving quickly towards them getting back together. Mm-hmm. I think oh, we're yeah. an- ramping up for a uh, you know, yeah. reunion between yeah. them. I wish they gave me a reason to think that that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So far, I just find him to be the puppet master, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'll be shocked if the finale isn't them getting back yeah. together. You Seems know. all roads mm-hmm. lead there. Can we talk about the absolutely fucking bonkers tonal shift that this episode takes with them going upstairs and having this conversation mm-hmm. and the slow song starts mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. romantic because everything yeah. was spooktober up until this point. Right. Yeah, it was really funny. Like right when that, that shift happened, I was like, oh, this isn't scary anymore. Like, <laughs> they were like, fine. yay! <laughs> My kind of show. <laughs> totally. We're back. It, it's just so obnoxious that they like, I mean, we've said it over and over again, one step forward, two steps back with everything else, but the fact that they couldn't even lean completely into the own thing that they wanted to do, uh, mm-hmm. breaking the immersion just to go back to this bullshit. It's almost like the how when Joey changed the channel to the, the <gasps> Jerry Maguire, this was like the shift in, in yes. this episode where it turns she turns the channel, it's like this kind of similar moment of melodrama. I'll take it. I get the, I mean, I already um, kind of said this earlier, but... Um, I don't really understand why Jen is so surprised that he didn't partake in like spooking her since in the last episode, like, and like the last time we see them is her saying that she doesn't want to be friends. She like retracts her offer of being friends essentially. And if we're going with that, that is like the order of things, then like it would make sense that Dawson would not include her. Because that would be weird if he was just pranking her when they weren't friends. Right. Yeah. This show. <laughs> it doesn't know what it's doing. I, I can't, I, I cannot sit and hear this blatant blasphemy that he's just all innocent. Yeah. I just think he's sick and twisted and this was his, like his master plan is coming to fruition. He almost got a smooch out of this. Yeah. 
He so, almost got her back. So does he actually admit in this scene that he was holding back? Yeah. From, okay. He does. He, I don't, yeah. He says that he was purposely doing it because he was, well, in his version, he's like, well, I'm just trying to get over you. So I yeah. thought if I didn't include you with the scares and I gave Cliff advice that this would help me get over you. In oh, a way. so that's different. I, I feel like that's a little different. But than that's like, what he's oh, telling her. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Hmm. But we know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What a, a mystery. <laughs> He's a very bad boy. While Ursula and Pacey are outside, Eddie jump scares them by bursting through the screen door. They lock the front door behind them, and Ursula proclaims that Pacey is her new man who will protect her and that she'll call the police. Dawson admits to cutting the phone line, and when Eddie runs away from the front door, Dawson proclaims he's looking for another way in. The gang run to lock all the doors in the house, and they hear Eddie climbing the ladder to Dawson's bedroom. They realize the window's open, and he's already inside. (laughs) Back downstairs, Eddie attempts to strangle Pacey, but Joey beats him repeatedly in the head with a frying pan. (laughs) Ursula comes to his aid, and they quickly make up and leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, first thing, okay. This reminds me of the room with the high doggy scene. Yeah. Oh, hi, doggy. Oh, hey, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. (laughs) A dozen red roses, please. Um, Okay, (laughs) couple things. One, it just seems so weird that Eddie now emerges. Like, it would, you would think that, like, okay, he followed them right after because he was so pissed, but then, like, Okay, so he was just, like, hanging out, waiting for the right... Like, why did he wait so long to approach the house? Mm -hmm. That bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, they're like, quick, we need to lock the doors. But it's like, didn't we all just do that, remember, earlier? When they were like, oh, we should split up and lock the doors. That was a a Pacey and Joey... uh, That was their plan. Mm -hmm. But then they got distracted by the giant swinging axe. You don't think they locked the door, though? No, they, they both are, have goldfish memories. Okay, just well, like, I'm distracted. Look at the axe. My favorite thing about that is they're like, everybody go lock the the, the house. We got to make sure everybody's locked in. Pacey, go next door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, so do I unlock the door then and then just leave and it's unlocked? So then why are we? Is yeah. What, like, uh, I love that. Which is also... Of course, how Eddie gets in through the door that just fucking opened. Yeah. What the fuck, you idiots? Very silly. It was infuriating. Mm-hmm. Well, wait. No, no, no. The the door that he the door that Pacey was opening was like the dividing door from the into the mud room or whatever. Yeah, like a screened in porch. Yeah, for, I don't right. know why they have that door there. It's so strange. Yeah. But did uh like Eddie was already in the house. No, no, they thought I don't think he so. was. They thought he was. Well, they then th- they thought he climbed the ladder, but then he didn't. He came in the door, right? Yes. When they were upstairs. Yeah. Something he like comes that. in yeah. that through that front yeah. door. Because then he's like he breaks the window on that front door, right. which they then, you know, like when they leave, they slam it and more glass falls down mm-hmm. and stuff like oh, that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just is uh, you know, hey, horror movie. We're all scared. Making we, we bad have faulty decisions. logic, but wow. So when Eddie is strangling Pacey. Yeah. Joey yes. is the one to save him. Yes. Just mm-hmm. like he saved Joey. Nice reversal. At the party. We can all agree Joey hearing. definitely kills this guy, right? Like Oh yeah. You this, can hear No. There was no sound of that pant that yeah. like Oh, was, she was clearly not hitting yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even add a sound effect. Yeah, no, it's very yeah. funny. It's, it's Which funny. I'm glad they didn't cuz it would be like <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and again, this is the second instance of Joey beating someone yeah. to near death after she beat up uh, what's his face in the cafeteria. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. The uh, yeah, whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. She's just going ham. Yeah. on yeah. this guy. Nobody touches yeah. my man. I wonder if in that character bible that we had referenced that there was a section for Joey to say, oh, and she's also extremely violent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like she is willing to beat someone with an inch of their life. Right. I I like that even, I'm winding back just a little bit here, but even in this moment of terror where everybody is slightly fearing for their life, it doesn't stop Pacey from being Pacey. You know, I may look young, but I have been with older women before. Just no reception whatsoever. She's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, yeah, okay, okay, uh, yeah, literal crickets. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And that's when then, of course, Eddie rushes them mm-hmm. from the woods. I hate how rushed this Eddie coming into the house sequence was. I mean, I feel like they wasted a lot of time with earlier pranks oh, yeah. and things like mm-hmm. that because there there is a fun suspense to the fact that Eddie is climbing the house yeah. and doing all the scary stuff. They could have done like some real alien stuff and yeah. had them, you know, being isolated from each other. You don't know where Eddie is, but I, this is like a 10 second scene. I wonder if there were some like, you know, like edit notes that it was like too dark because it really does feel like they were heading to having the serial killer come into the home and then something Eddie comes in and say, like actually say like, you know, it feels like that's where it was going yeah uh, or somebody comes in and saves them but then it's like they kind of had to scramble in the last minute and that's why we get this really rushed hack job edit that doesn't really make very much sense when you're looking at all the pieces at the end of this and going like wait okay so why i mean talk about yeah. lynchian for this entire thing to end with them just hugging and leaving yeah. the house yeah. come yeah. by the bowling alley that's where i work bye right. yeah <laughs> Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean, they. I feel like the script was already building up to some kind of confrontation between Eddie and David, like something cool like that yeah. by right. saying like, oh, Eddie beat that man to death and right. ended up in prison. So he'd be a great like hero, hero. turn for him to mm-hmm. like, Eddie Redeem was like, himself. I was just outside and I wanted to apologize to you, but I was chain smoking cigarettes. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> and then I saw this creep looking mm-hmm. through the window. So that's why I had to beat him to death. Mm. With a frying pan. Mike White, let us know. That was that been, your original plan? Yeah. It would have been so much better. would have been. If only. Cliff walks Jen home, and he finally admits to taking Dawson's advice as inspiration for being her stalker and prankster that day. She tells him that she's not looking for a boyfriend right now, and that in the future, Cliff should just be himself. As a quick aside, we see an extremely scared Pacey run into his car and drive (laughs) off. Back at Jen's, Cliff asks to kiss Jen, but before she can answer, he just goes for it. They're interrupted by Grams, who apologizes for interrupting. When they're on their own again, they banter and Cliff acknowledges he has a big crush on her. She kisses him back and goes inside. Before hitting the sack, Grams gives her a piece of mail. And when Jen opens the letter, it makes a startling little fart sound, accompanied by <laughs> yeah. a note from Dawson wishing her a happy Friday the 13th. Jen puts the contraption back together and gives it to Grams, which startles her as well. Yeah. Just now, I came up with a theory that Dawson is a time traveler. Ooh. Okay, mm. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, vampires, why good. not? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's like... He has somehow managed to do all of these things. Like it's not possible. Like when did he mm-hmm. get this thing in the mail to her? Right. How co- that was so quick. It was like what? 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 Dawson is Santa Claus. Oh. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> he does like to wear red. He puts little treats in people's homes all in one night. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Like time it. traveling Santa. He's also he's a bending cyborg. time. 
Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi Channel. Yes. <laughs> Graham's. Uh, can, oh. Oh no! Yeah, go for it. When Graham's, uh, you know, walks in on Cliff and and Jen, she is. She really, she really likes Cliff. He wants I really to- like that Clifford Elliot. Good stock. Yeah. He's a church boy. I really like that Clifford Elliot. Good stock. Clifford Elliot. Clifford Elliot. What is the logic behind asking if I can kiss you if I am going to then not uh, yeah. wait? This is a stretch. We've talked about we've talked about horror homages. Yes. Mm-hmm. In one of my favorite films of all time, Sleepaway Camp, which mm-hmm. I made you all watch on right, my birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, me, last year. Uh, <laughs> there's that part where uh, Angela uh, gets smooched by that boy right. and he asks her permission before she can say yes. He just does it anyway, right. which shocks her. Hmm. Do Is you this think a Sleepaway Camp reference? Could have been. Hmm. Could Might be. be a stretch. Mike White, let us know. Let us know. I actually... On the subject of references, I like that. That's a very good one. Um, I <laughs> was curious. Thanks for humoring me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was curious because when they say he's inside or whatever, winding back, sorry, just a little bit to when Eddie, when they thought he come in, came in the elevator, the elevator? <laughs> the ladder into, into Dawson's room. That's a reference to something, isn't it? The ladder? He's, it's, it's inside now. It got inside that. Like, I well, swear that's. When a stranger call, the call is coming from inside the house. Okay. That's pretty Maybe similar. that's what it. Maybe, I swear. I just, that just like that delivery feels like it's cut and paste from something else. And I just can't think of what it is. Listeners, if you know what it is, let us know. Or if um, we missed any other references. Uh, when Cliff is walking down home, he says, quote, Yeah, I guess that's pretty stupid, huh? Me trying to be original by copying yeah. someone el- somebody else. Which I thought was cute because it was like this is like copying a lot of horror. Mo- it was kind yeah. of like a you know Kevin right. Williamson meta way of pointing out that he's copying horror mm-hmm. with this. Also, him just being self-deprecating, being like, "I'm never going to be original. Fuck, I'm an idiot. I just keep biting other things." <laughs> Poor Cliff, what a dummy. He's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, again, though, like we've jumping off of that point, though, him asking permission and then kissing her. That was gross. And then again, like my frustration with Jen not really understanding what's going through her mind mm-hmm. yeah. is the fact that after he did that gross weird thing, she kisses him back. Yeah. Which I found confusing. very surprising. Very confusing. It, I, she doesn't know what she wants. No, yeah. she doesn't know what she wants. Yeah. No, she doesn't. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, I, mean, I mean, yeah, she misses Dawson. She misses a romantic relationship. So maybe she was just like, okay, you know, kiss him back. I don't know. I I'm starting to think Jen is a um, like some kind of android or a cyborg that's Uh-oh. just programmed because all she does is talk about how much she loves and misses Dawson, how great of a guy. So mm-hmm. what if she is just a science experiment that the cloning people who yeah. really the shadow government cloning people yeah. who run Cape Side, yeah. you know Dawson's their golden child. He's going to go places. He's going to be the next Steven Spielberg. We all know it. And, you know, what does he really need to get there? Well, he needs this woman who just loves him, but also needs distance. So they created Genbot 3000 or something. Genbot? Yes. I'll take it. I I love um, PC getting in his car. I just thought it was Mm -hmm. very cute. Very funny. Like seeing him he's scared. A little scaredy cat. He's a little goofball. Yeah. He's a, he's a little stinker. I mean, we say it every week, but he's just a little stinker. He's so much better as a character when he's being a goof and a silly man. Yeah, it's so much better than him being Mr. Horny Man. I hate it when he's Mr. Horny Man. Love it when he's Mr. Goofy Man. Horny Pacey is not good. Goofy Pacey, very good. Very good. 
Again, like we mentioned, he turns that car on with one quick little change yes. of the ignition. Yep. So, yeah, I wish we could have seen him doing the hot wire and like it's taking too long right. and he's like yeah. trying to get mm. out of there. And then like <laughs> Joey pounds on the window yeah. and scares him. That would be cute. Ooh, yeah. yeah. But instead we just get that little like slapstick moment and it's done. Kind of an awkward edit too to insert that sequence right in the middle of Jen and Cliff yeah. going back to her house. And I why, are why we they getting padded that resolution on that? But we're not getting resolution on anybody else getting like we're not seeing mm-hmm. Joey then go paddle. We're not seeing everybody right. like wrap up their night. We're just it's just a strange thing. I mean, it's funny. That's why, but yeah. it's just and again, I, again with the frustration of this being. Um, simultaneously serialized and episodic yeah. with some of these things. Uh, the the biggest reset button of them all is the fact that there's a lot of property damage to Dawson's house. <laughs> he cut the, the phone line, like all this shit, and then he's going to have to explain that to his parents. I guarantee they will never mention this ever yeah. again. Oh, no. And yeah. he destroys the screen door and the front glass door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's I mean, extremely... there's also property damage inside the entry to their house. Yeah. Like, shit gets broken. There's probably a bloody frying pan, a crater in the <laughs> oh floor. Yeah, there's human brains everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a crime scene. Um, can anyone explain to me why the safety pin is scary? Safety pin. The safety pin? That was oh, a... in the... Where? In the envelope. Is that oh, what in the mail? Oh, so okay, yes. So I didn't understand how that I, worked. I, as a kid, th- this was a, a joke that I experienced. This contraption, mm. and I think it can be in different forms. But for me, it was like something. We, uh, my family, I grew up going to Sun River in the high desert, and so you can buy these little envelopes that are uh, rattlesnake eggs. Quote mm. rattlesnake eggs. So when you open the envelope, it goes. Yeah. So that's what that's what that was. It's that mm. contraption, but. How does it that, work? Like, so what's it, okay, so it's a rubber band with like uh, there's a wire, and you wind the rubber band. Oh. It's like between the a wire, and then you have to like put it in an envelope to keep it like that. So yeah. when you open the envelope, it, it unwinds. So, mm. but with the, there was no context to it in this situation. No. Like, it wasn't like this is a an envelope of rattlesnake eggs. Oh, there's actually a rattlesnake that came out of the egg when you open right. it. Like, it's weird. so yeah, I still don't understand. Well, what? there's a red don't string. I, yeah. It's a that's, that's a rubber band. That's a rubber I band. But you so, twist the you yeah. twist it around the wire, uh-huh. and then you put it in something like flat, so it stays twisted. Pressed. And when you open it, it unwinds really fast. So it's like a buzz, kind of like oh. So the sound yeah. of the, sound the rubber band hitting the envelope hit, is creating a yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah, and then so I, for me, I it made sense because I have I know exactly what it was, okay. but and, and it yeah. makes it makes you go like this when it happens. Ah! <laughs> Such a loud sound. Oh. <laughs> Big old toot. I am, when she yeah. pulled that device out, I felt like I was watching Star Trek. I'm like, what am I looking at? It looked like a triangle with the mm-hmm. red thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was so, so confused. I was like, is yeah. this some reference that I just don't understand? Do you have to wind it back up to, to put I'll in the I'll find one someday and bring it. Yes, well, you have actually, to wind it back up. But I feel like it, it's some, okay, yeah. So you have to wind it back up, but it's never the same as like what, you know, whoever made it and put it and packaged it is. So... I don't know. Yeah, oh. we. I, yeah. I receive my my mom sends me on my birthday every year. She sends me happy I, birthday. Thank you. It's <laughs> still my birthday. Um, listeners, please send me this. But she sends me these little like tiny cakes in these little boxes. 
um, which is really cute. I can't remember the company. If I can, I will drop it in here. It is blank. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 what I'm, what's fun about it is when you open the box, kind of like what just happened here in this, there's always like some kind of little surprise that happens. And one of them, when I opened the box, it was almost like a pop goes the weasel type thing. And all of these butterflies ah. burst mm-hmm. out and they're flying around. In this last one, though, when I opened it, um, it exploded confetti all over the place. And then there was this a very similar contraption that just kind of went... Well, the uh, butterflies in yes, the last were the, one were the same, the same thing. thing, and there are ton- a bunch of them. But they, rubber band. you just yeah. like counterwind this rubber band, and then once it's, you know, no longer being held, it wants to unwind itself, you know, naturally. So it's just like... The wonders of science. It's really cool. In Dawson's room, he and Joey go over the day's events. When they discuss Joey's fake death, they both become very emotional as they agree that if any of them had actually died, they would both be very, very sad. Joey wants to forget the day, and as she pulls back the covers, it's revealed that Dawson had placed many fake insects all over the bed. They laugh! <laughs> but when they turn on the television, the news report reveals that the serial killer has been caught, and it's none other than, you guessed it, David, the creepy weirdo from the convenience store. I mean, shocking everybody. Absolutely. I'm sure not a single person saw that coming out there. Why is it news to both of them that either one of them would be right upset if the other had died? Even regardless of them having feelings for each other, they've been best friends their entire life. Like, why is that news? I don't don't understand. I loved how happy... (laughs) How happy Joey looks <laughs> when Dawson says that he would be absolutely mortified. She just like her it eyes does. are like swelling up with tears of joy. Like yeah. really, <laughs> really for little old me. It's such like a weird like child. Like I remember thinking that way. Totally. Like when yeah. I was like twelve, of being like that is the ultimate form of caring about someone. That if you, they died, right. if I died, do you think someone would care? Right. Like, it's very. Strange. It's yeah. weird, but they're old as hell. I don't know if it's because we have 45-year-olds playing 15-year-olds, but <laughs> this conversation is so weird and awkward. Very it's weird. very strange. I don't understand why um, Why she is completely flabbergasted by it. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Like, What a shock. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It It, it is really bizarre to watch but at the same time it's like yes i i do remember kind of thinking like that like mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. i and i wonder you know maybe they just don't express their appreciation and love for each other as friends but all they do is tickle each other yeah that's right I think you know what's what's more insane than all of what we have just seen is that it's then followed up by you want to stay over you want to, you want to spend the night <laughs> and he knew she would because he put the bugs in yeah. the bed it's like <laughs> or he did that for himself. Yeah. <laughs> to give himself but, a spin. Yeah. <laughs> Going back for a moment to the car scene where Joey's by herself um, and talking to David the killer. Yeah. Dawson's the only one that witnesses her, right. that he kind of saves her in that moment, and he's the only one that witnesses her talking to David. He's also there with her when they discover that he's the serial killer, so I feel like in this moment, Dawson represents safety for Joey. She, mm, and she sure. even says, like, can we just go to sleep and pretend yeah. the world is a safe and happy place to live? Yeah. Oh. Was Joey. this their coming of age moment? This Maybe. flirtation with death? It Possibly. could very well be. What an episode. What an what episode. What an episode. I, yeah. I mean, 
do we have anything else to say on this one before we get into our ratings? There were no ET dolls. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Right. Surprising. Only the shark. Well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, we might not have gotten the actual doll doll, but we did get a uh, haggard, leathery, um, uh, disgusting creature that said Elliot <laughs> in this episode. So, Clifford Elliot. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> so, was E.T. racist? <laughs> is Graham's E.T.? Ah, so many questions. Spielberg, write us. Yeah, please let us know. All right, well, ratings then, yeah? I'm coming in hot with a four out of five. Here's the thing. I had a lot of fun this episode. I would say this is my favorite episode of the season. Uh, It was pretty fun, enjoyable, but as I've already complained about numerous times in this current episode, I just am upset with the episode order feeling wonky. I feel like relationships, this is just another fucking endless cycle of these relationships and nothing is um, ever coming to fruition. And I feel like we're hitting the same notes over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But at the very least, they're doing something with those themes and having a very genre-specific fun thing with it instead of just the same monotonous high school drama over and over. So I'll take it. Um... That's about it. I'm just extremely pissed also about Jen. Yeah. Uh, because I love Jen, but this is getting extremely old extremely fast. I agree. That's a four out of five. Still right? a four out of five, yeah. I'm gonna go with a four and a half. Um, very much enjoyed this. I feel like I'm officially ready for spooky season now. Woo! <laughs> yep. Um, let's all have a seance. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's Ouija board. Should we have a bonus episode where we do a seance? Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> I just it was refreshing to feel like I was watching a different show for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I had fun. Not, not much I, I don't know, I've not much else to say about it. Yeah. Four four point five. I am also giving it a four out of five. Um yeah, I thought it was just like a fun shift. Um loved Ursula being a little weirdo. Loved Dawson and all his fun pranks. Yeah. And just, yeah, I guess the for, you know, me and Mal, it feeling like a different vibe from Dawson. It was, like, refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah, tired of the of Jen not, like, sticking to her guns about trying to be single and do her own thing. Also, not a lot of fun music. But, yeah. Overall. Good sounds, though. Good sounds. Sound effects. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the score was really good this episode. They were doing some fun stuff. Great. Yeah, I gave it a 4.13 out of 5, of course. <laughs> For any new listeners out there, I have a very hyper-scientific ratings calculator that has multiple variables that I rate for every episode, um, this one I think might be the highest I've given so far, but it's definitely up there. It doesn't reflect that this is my favorite episode so far. I absolutely loved this episode. Um, I everything you guys mentioned, totally agree. I but what I really liked most of all was the way it was shot. It was shot so differently. It really felt unique within Dawson's Creek. Like you were saying, Mal, it felt like we were watching a different show. And uh, frankly, I like that show better than what we (laughs) see from Dawson's Creek. Uh, That said, though, you know, still love this show, still very excited for it. Everybody has mentioned the things that are frustrating about it, but goddamn, can we please just decide to uh, 
remember the things that we do in our show. Again, I think we'll get that naturally in season two. I think it's just a product of the way season one was shot, but it's getting kind of painful at this point. It can, like you said, Cody, how many times are we going to have the same conversation? It's too damn many times, but still, 4.13, just make it a four out of five. Wouldn't it be crazy if this just never ended? Like, (laughs) how many seasons of the show? There's five, six? The never ending. Like, the series finale, they're just like, I don't know, Joey or (laughs) or Jet? (laughs) What if season two is, whoa, okay, hold on here. What if Dawson's Creek is actually Groundhog's Day? (gasps) And every season is the same year over and over again until they finally get it right. And then they can move on with their life. But not for Dawson. He's been repeating this whole thing over and over again. It would if that were to actually happen, then I would have to say, oh, the show makes sense now. <laughs> Man, that's a cool show. My recommendation this week is Jeanette McCurdy's memoir, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Mm. Uh, for those not in the know, she was a Nickelodeon child actor who co-starred in the early 2000s kid sitcoms iCarly and Sam and Cat, who has since quit acting. The book details her extreme abuse she endured by her narcissistic mother who forced her to act, which developed into various eating and mental health disorders, as well as addiction and substance abuse. Her writing is clear and distinct with a clever point of view and stylized prose that evolves as the book progresses through childhood, at once admiring everything about her mom and eventually powering through the hard realization that she was a victim. It's also smartly made up of very short one to two page chapters of small memorable experiences that lend to the feeling of how these small things build up over time and taken as a whole rather than singular parts can completely shape a person. Beyond the abuse she endured, it's fascinating to hear her experiences of rising into kid stardom as well as the way Nickelodeon treated her. It's also really funny despite the extremely triggering content. Beyond her childhood stardom, I think anyone who has had any sort of similar experience can connect with her journey and find a bit of catharsis. It's very good. Yeah, I've you've talked to us about it and it sounds so interesting and so good. I have no frame of reference for who she is, but I don't think it really matters. It seems like it's kind of a story that transcends iCarly, right? It doesn't matter. That's just one small sliver of the greater story. Definitely. I mean, I was like, when iCarly was on Nickelodeon, I was too old for it, right. but I was aware of it. And I, I just find myself being always intrigued about child stars yeah. in Hollywood specifically because it's very rare that you see someone come out of that being healthy <laughs> yeah. and okay. And especially when you find situations where it's the parents that force their children to do this because that's even more toxic and horrible. So having known about Jeanette's history because she's been very open about it ever since iCarly ended and things like that, I was very interested in reading this book when she announced that she was going to be doing it. Before the book was even released, she had a a one-woman show Mm. in LA also called I'm Glad My Mom Died where she did performance theater Mm. of detailing probably large sections of this book. It's just until now that she's actually put it in a book form that um, everyone can read about it more thoroughly. It's very fascinating. If you're, I mean, even if you aren't interested in iCarly or child stardom or something, if you uh, are at all interested in uh, similar themes of parents that put their kids through this kind of stuff, if you've right. had a, a narcissistic parent or anything like that, I mean, you can connect with this. It's very fascinating and very well written. It's very cool. I'm really happy that she has come out of that and she's doing good now, it seems. Yeah. Well. Okay, I am going to recommend an album from my favorite musician, Regina Spector. And yes, to put it in terms that y'all might understand, Regina Spector is my King Giz, my fish. (laughs) 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 
I hey tend now. to keep my obsession a little bit more contained, but it's definitely there. <laughs> and I will make everyone listen to Reduna Spectre, and you will like it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I, a little bit about Regina Spector. Um, she's a Russian-American singer, songwriter, and pianist. Uh, she started playing classical piano at the age of seven. Her father um, also exposed her to a lot of rock and roll music as a youth. Uh, her family is Jewish, and they were admitted to the United States as refugees, um, settling in the Bronx in 1989 when she was nine and a half, where she continued her classical training and explored hip-hop, rock, and punk. Anyway, um, this is the 20th anniversary of her first album, which is called titled 1111. Um, she mm. just re-released it along with a double LP of never-before-released songs that her father recorded during her earliest shows in New York City. And her, her father also just happened to pass away recently, so it was mm. like a very meaningful thing for her to release this. Um, anyway, she was heavily influenced by blues and jazz at the time of uh, its recording, so it differs from her later albums, which is why I love it so much. Uh, so she, and she also just released a brand new album called home before and after, uh, which is also great. They're very different. I recommend everyone to listen to like her very, very early stuff. Mm -hmm. And then a, her later stuff. Cause it's, it's a, it's a fun adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, there's a quote from pitchfork that says like a great Regina Spector song unfurls like a short story with the boring parts excised. <laughs> so she, She's kind of a, her songs are self-described as fictional. Um, they tend to contain vivid imagery and some are full-on character studies, kind of like short stories or vignettes put to song. Uh, she often includes literary allusions and recurring th themes of love, death, religion, and city life. So I love Regina. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. I, She's amazing. <laughs> when I, 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 I always, see her live like three times. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I always get frustrated when people talk about like the best um, song writers when it comes to like storytelling, because people are always like, Bob, you know, it's just yeah. like Bob Dylan. I mean, I love Bob Dylan, but like women are never included in that mix. And I feel mm -hmm. like Regina Spector came out of, of a time where a bunch of other musicians were just like making like catchy pop yeah. songs. And she was yeah. the only one that was like, oh, I'm actually like writing, writing. like really heavy stuff yeah. that um, is good. Like all of her early like, work is incredible. So amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't say enough about it, but. Yeah, the you know I talk a lot about storytelling and music, and Regina Spector is incredible at storytelling through music. Like you already said, you know she just embodies and tells these stories about these characters that are so fresh and original and unique to her. You know she's got such a um, specific voice, and it's amazing to see you know it continue on. I uh, I kind of think of her as like the modern Billy Joel, which might be a really weird <laughs> reference because. Um, Billy Joel did that a lot too. You know, he was a big storyteller. All of his music was like these different little characters that would then spin out into a whole song that kind of studied them. And it feels like that's what Regina Spector does, um, but better in a lot of ways. So, yeah. She's incredible. That's awesome. All right. I have two recommendations. Uh, the first, both are TV shows. The first is The Resort. Mm. Mm. Oh. Um, it is a eight-episode show that just finished um, this last week, um, uh, available on Peacock. Um, it is a fun, like, dark comedy mystery um, where a couple is on vacation at a resort celebrating their 10th anniversary. 
and they're drawn into a mystery that has taken place 15 years before. Um, there's a lot of really fun people in it, uh, including William Jackson Harper, who is in The Good Place, Kristen Malati, I don't know if that's how you say her name. Um, <laughs> um, ben, uh, do you remember his last name? Ben, uh, the guy from High Maintenance, who I love. I don't know if anyone else watches that, but um, he uh, was one of the executive producers on the show and it also has like a role in the show. Um, Skylar Gisondo, don't know if I, that's how you say his name, but he was in Smart. Uh, the uh, what's the movie? Get smart. No, uh, smart house. Smart pants. No, <laughs> you know, you know. What I'm I have no idea what you're talking about. The movie with our friends, Beanie smart? Fel- Beanie Feldstein, Smart Cool. Oh, Smart. Uh, Book Smart. Book Smart. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he, oh, no, I, I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's he um loved him in that movie. I don't know if anyone knows who I'm talking about, but um he's also in the show. Anyways, it's a really fun cast. It's like a fun story. I don't know. Lots I think it's people. important to say that it's from the the creator of uh, Palm Springs, no, which great. was a big hit. On yeah. Yes, Hulu. I love, I love that. that one. Yeah, and, uh, fun time travel. And Mr. Robot, uh, the the executive producer and showrunner of Mr. Robot, Sam Asmail, was also an executive producer on this. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun time. Um, I really enjoyed it overall. Cody was not satisfied. No, I thought it was good. I just didn't love it. Yeah. I I think it's worth watching. I think it's a, a good good time. Me too. Okay. Secondly, <laughs> real quick, uh, a show called Bad Sisters. It's available on Apple TV. Um, four episodes have aired as of now. It's September third. Um, it I have like in my head kind of like conceptualized it as. Um, <laughs> Uh, is that song called Goodbye Earl from the Dixie Chicks or the oh, Chicks? Yes. Um, that's like what it is essentially, um, but not totally. Uh, basically, it's like a husband is murdered. He's like an awful guy. Mm. The show starts with him like he's dead. It's the funeral. And then you see kind of like how he's impacted this family. Um, and like these sisters who like hate him so much and how the way that he treats their sister who he's married to and them like slowly plotting to kill him. And like, um, yeah, it's an Irish show. Um, I think it's set in Dublin. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. There's, um, a lot of like, for me, familiar actresses in it. I think one of the women from bad education is in it. A few other people that I recognize are in it, but a lot of people that I don't know, but, um, do you know if, because uh, it's on Apple TV Plus, do you know if it's an original program from them or are they just the American distributor? Um, so it is based on a, another series called Clan, but I'm not sure where, let's see. It's not an American show. Um, I think it might be from like Finland or something. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Cool. That's all I got for you. Cool. Those sound fun. I really like the uh, Bad Sisters. That sounds very interesting. I haven't even heard of that one, so that sounds cool. Don't have Apple TV Plus, though, so I guess I'll just go stare at a wall. <laughs> um, all right, I've got two recommendations as well. I'll try to make it a little bit quick. Uh, so my first one is 
Immortality. It's a video game. It is incredible. I'm just going to give you a very, very brief little summary of this game. In this game, you are, uh, it's an FMV game, which is basically like a film or motion picture that's a video game. You're looking at real actors who have shot real scenes, and that is how you're playing the game. You're not like actually controlling a character, you're watching footage and interacting with it. Sometimes, you know, controlling the dialogue or whatever. In this game, however, the story is there is this famous actress back in the 60s, Marissa Marcel. She was very promising. She was booked for all of these big roles. Think like a Marilyn Monroe type. But all of these movies that she's getting booked for never get released. And she just disappears from the face of the earth. Nobody knows what happens to her. Cue our video game. We are going to try to figure out what happened to this character mm. because somebody happened to find a collection of all of this hidden film and you get to watch all of the movies that she's been in. Uh, you, There's a really fun mechanic where basically as you're watching the footage, you can stop it at any point in time and then you put your cursor over it and you then search all of the other film like clips for this same object so if somebody's like for example hands the character a rose freeze it i'm gonna look and see where have these roses been before will you Mm. accept this rose will you accept this (laughs) rose it's very interesting it's very unique and i don't want to give anything away but there is a wild twist to this game that will um it's best just explored and learned for yourself but if you're a fan of david lynch if you are a fan of twin peaks if you're a fan of kind of extreme uh very psychedelic or surreal elements you owe it to yourself to play this game um and if you do play it play it with a controller it's essential to the experience Mm -hmm. i won't give anything away beyond that um so immortality it's uh free if you are on xbox and are a game pass member you can play it for free but it's on just about anything and i actually just read something about how it's on netflix is you may not know about this, but Netflix is starting a gaming or entity. Uh, it's going to be called like Netflix Gaming, and they're bringing immortality to Netflix Gaming, which means if you are somebody who automa- who already pays for Netflix, you will have access to this game to play on your phone, I believe, which seems like it'd be strange, but I think it would work. So check it out, immortality. When you say that it's essential to play with a controller, yeah. Uh, does that mean that if you have Netflix and a game system, you should choose to play it on a game system yes. because that would be a richer experience? I would recommend it unless you have something like a Backbone, which is like a controller for your phone, which gives you that same experience. Um, the reason why is because haptics or yes. the vibration of the controller, the feedback that the controller gives you while you're playing, it's essential to understanding the way this game is played. So yeah, check it out. Incredible game. Very cool. Sounds very cool. Yeah. Now, you have heard me talk about King Gizzard a lot. I know, Who? you know, it's a, it's a funny joke. It's all for the memes and stuff. But I actually want to, you know, like put the jokes aside for a second and say right now, King Gizzard just announced that they are releasing three albums next month in October. Uh, that would mean that in this year of 2022, King Gizzard has released four studio albums, including their bootlegs, which are like live albums or unofficial releases. It's actually closer to seven albums just this year. Um, and God damn it, this is just one of the best bands that's out there. And I really, 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 really would love it if people would go and take a listen. This album, so like I said, they're releasing three albums in October. One of the albums is actually something that they've been working on since 2017. And there's an interesting tie-in to the year in 2017 with King Gizzard. In that year, they released five studio albums plus more unofficial albums. 
that was one of the most prolific years of the band, and it also is what kind of really launched the Gizverse, which is kind of this big overarching storyline that all of the albums play in with interarching characters and all this kind of musical collection. There is an album that I'm going to recommend. The album is called Murder of the Universe. It is a tie-in, I think, to this episode because it's kind of like a horror album. Ah. It is a fantastic storytelling experience from start to finish. There are three chapters of stories for you to find within this album, but the album details humanity's slow descent into being what we call what they call altered beings but basically just these digital creatures people humans who exist exclusively in the digital world which is where we find ourselves kind of as a people right now right social media everything is online that's where we're slowly like getting dragged deeper into this digital hole it's a fantastic storytelling experience it's a fantastic listening experience. There's incredible music. It's, I mean, it's a transcendental experience for me. I hope it's a transcendental experience for for the people out there. I hope you guys can hear just how passionate I am about this album. It is the best album that you could ever listen to. Vomit coffin. Dang. Someone, <laughs> quick, get James tickets to see God, King Giz in Portland. Please. They're playing October 4th. Someone, please. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing October 4th in Portland. It's been sold out for... You know, over a year. Uh, if any listeners out there want to gift me with, uh, or actually gift the four of us with four tickets, I'll cry. So if you want that, you've already heard me cry once when I realized how cool Pacey is. Imagine <laughs> what what will happen when I see Giz. Uh, are they? I heard also that they might do an LP release for their Bonnaroo set. Is yes, that true? It is. That's one of the bootlegs that oh, was yeah, released. I have. Pre-ordered two copies of it. So, oh damn, one Blu-ray and one LP. But it is. Oh, they have it like like filmed. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Bonnaroo shot the entire festival, so you can you can actually watch it right now on YouTube. It's free. All right, everyone, um, listen in for next time where we will be talking about Pretty Woman, where Joey and Pacey both enter in to a local beauty pageant. Oh God, yes. We cannot wait. Is uh, Pretty Woman the alternate title, or is it the... Beauty Contest. Beauty Ooh. Contest. And Pretty, Pretty Woman, Woman is the movie reference title. Interesting. Yeah. So annoying. I wonder what Pacey's talent is going to be. I'm so curious. We've heard that Joey sings, so... Yes. Yeah, thank you for spoiling us, people. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to put my money on juggling. That's just, oh, looks, yeah, he's like a clown, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a really good bet. Do you, but, like, oh, do I want to double down on this bet? I'm going to say he juggles, and you know what he juggles? Chainsaws. Bowling pins. Oh, yes. He's got those lanky arms, baby. Man, yeah, that's a good one. I was going to say like hacky sack. Mm -hmm. You guys want to see me do hacky sack? (laughs) Yes. No. Well, does anybody have any final thoughts? Goddamn, this is a long episode, people. Thank you for listening. This is probably the longest episode we've ever done. Yeah, we're pushing on three hours right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Is there anything else about King Giz you want to talk about? Oh, God, so much. Um, Stella, I'm surprised you didn't recommend Goose. I honestly have so many recs, I couldn't decide. But Goose. Gotta make a list and then, you know, have for it next time. So I do. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna start a website that's just called James's Recommendations. (laughs) And it's just like. (laughs) Probably just going to say King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but... Uh, <laughs> King Giz. King Giz. 
Well, I guess on that note, it's it's time for us to leave. So thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed the episode, subscribe to our show. We'd love it. I bet you already are. But you know what you, else you could do? You could email us. We love our emails. Go ahead and email us at show at freaksandcreeks.com. You can find us on our Instagram at freaksandcreekspod. You can visit our website, which is freaksandcreeks.com. And you know what else you can do? You can have a great week or however long it's going to be until we next see you because uh, until next time bye 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 bye, bye. bye.